Yeah, I can hear you now. Excellent. So it turns out that the cord fell out the back of my microphone, and I can't find the um, stand for it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold it like this, uh, as though I were speaking to a skull. Uh, ah. Alas, poor Yorick. I knew him, Very Horatio. dramatic, I like it. Very theatrical. And we will see if my hand gets tired. <laughs> cool. Are you ready to go then? I'm ready. Marvellous. And welcome to Dangerously Unprepared. I am Simon, and joining me as ever is Kyrie. Hello! And no one else. It's just us. It's just the two of us. Team OG! Yep, this is OG uh, presenter lineup. And that means we're going to talk about wrestling. Almost certainly. In fact, certainly. That is pretty much what that means. Yes. But before we do that, uh, I I do have to just rant a little bit about the chilling adventures of Sabrina. Oh, go for it! Because I've not actually watched it. Why doesn't the cat talk? <laughs> that's it. That's, that's cats, pretty much the whole thing. Cats don't talk, Simon. Salem the cat should talk. Okay, so I know that that was just a thing for Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Like that's nothing to do with Sabrina Law or anything. Yeah, but. It was the best bit of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. You're not wrong. And the fact that they've abandoned that for this one. I don't know. Actually, was the best bit about Sabrina the Teenage Witch actually the, like, you know, badass Billy Gunn turned up in one episode? (laughs) That is true. I feel like that might be (laughs) the actual best bit. That might be the best bit. But the best regular bit was was Salem the Cat. And, yeah, they've abandoned that for the new show because they've taken the sort of Riverdale approach of being more modern and sort of slightly grown-up storytelling, which for the most part works really well. Like, um, oh god, Hilda and Zelda just fucking run this show. They basically treat witchcraft as fundy homeschooling Christianity, but for Satan, (laughs) which is a brilliant take on it. But they hired an actress to play Sabrina who was allergic to cats, so they couldn't have her interact with Salem very much. Aww. And Salem doesn't talk. Well, do you know what? I've got a solution to both of those problems. She's not allergic to fucking puppets. Uh, she's also not allergic to CG cats. And both of those things can talk. So there you go. I fixed your show for you. <laughs> I mean, Other than that, it's actually really good. Can you imagine being like uh, allergic to puppets? God, that would be... Really, really easy to avoid. Right? It's, it, that is like the equivalent of having the, the uh, character flaw of, you know, scared of mechanical pencils. Yeah. Yeah, one of those absolutely uh, bullshit weaknesses you can take in an RPG that will never affect your character unless the GM is a real bastard. Um, also, Actually, also, I just I remembered, uh, at the weekend I was at Hibanacon... And yes, you were. I took some lessons from a um, panel that I went to on like sort of ways of running RPGs. Oh, so very cool. just little little hints and tips um, so that I can I might pepper into an RPG. So expect to see a couple of one shots that I, I want to run a uh, a one shot game. I haven't decided which um, system yet, but the idea I've got could be adapted to literally any system, which is good. Nice. Um, 
we could do that for an episode, I hope. Like, I literally, that would be a, one a very cool episode. Yeah. yeah. Oh, doing a one shot RPG is on our topic list on the website, dangerouslyunprepared.com, as well. Brilliant. I will throw a dart at my. A creaking, falling over bookcase full of RPGs. <laughs> Seriously, I've just noticed how bendy some of those platforms are. And yeah, oh god, yeah, some of the shelves with the RPG books on because they're mostly hardcovers as yeah. well. So you do get that that slight mm, in the middle of the shelf. It's a bit concerning, isn't it? The, the buckling one is luckily the one right at the bottom, like right near the bottom, which has both copies of the Serenity RPG, Solomon Kane, Star Wars D twenty, Numenera, D twenty Modern, Call of Cthulhu. Uh, the Dragon Age box, the One Ring. God, there's a lot. <laughs> All of Buffy the RPG. Hi, Phil. Phil is in our chat room. Hey, Phil. Uh, so, um, anything else we want to cover before we get into it? Oh, Red Dead's out. Red it Dead is. Two. I've started playing it. I've started playing it. I've only uncovered a few minor ridiculous glitches. I fucking love ridiculous glitches. <laughs> Uh, I, I haven't actually encountered any, which really annoys me. Ah, I've had a completely bug-free experience. I am disappointed. I, I've had one thing which I'm not sure whether it's a glitch or whether it's just something happened that I wasn't around to see, and I, because I was only around to see the aftermath, made it even more chilling. Uh, okay. I, had, I went to the town that you sort of, not start off in, but uh, Valentine, where you go to yeah. after a while, and... You know, got taken in there in the, in the wagon, did the missions, got into a bar fight. Fucking loved that bar fight. It was that amazing. That was a really good bar fight. I, I loved it so far. Bar fight, train robbery. I was like, <laughs> oh, they're really hitting all the notes with this. Um, yeah, but like, they seem to be hitting them at such a pace that I'm like, what's going to be left? Yeah. I, but, and I'm only like, what, 2 3% of the way through the game? Yeah. Um, But then, yeah, I... Wandered out to the street, right, let's go back to the to camp. And I realised, oh, they've, they've left me, and I don't have a horse to get back, and it's a really long way. Mm. I guess I'll steal a horse, but I've been working really hard to make my guy kind of honourable. So I stole this horse, rode, rode around for a bit, saw these two guys like with torches, so it looked like their horses were on fire, which is a bit worrying. Um, <laughs> but it just turned out to be a weird effect with their torches. And it turned yeah. out they were both... Uh, as I sort of pulled up to them, I was like, are they going to like try and start a fight with me? Are they going to try and rob me or something like that? And as they were wandering over to me, they were like, uh, don't mess with the O'Driscolls. And I was like, oh, okay, I can, I can, I can take these guys in a fight then, because these are clearly, you know, the bad guys. There. Yeah, I've run into a couple of roaming O'Driscolls and beaten the crap out of them. So I, I, I got into a, a fist fight with them, but pulled the gun and shot them both. And we went, well, that was a fairly easy fist fight to win. <laughs> <laughs> that, it does tend to Indiana Jones your odds a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I turned around and realised that the horse I had stolen, because I hadn't really bonded with it, when I fired the gun, it got scared and ran off. And ran away, yeah. So I looked around for it, and eventually I found it at the bottom of a hill next to a severed human leg <laughs> in a pool of blood. Right. Just standing there right next to it, not moving. <laughs> That's grim. I yeah. like it. And I was like, what did you do? <laughs> See, my stolen horse didn't run off, so I was able to just get back on it and then return it to the fella I stole it from. <laughs> oh, shucks, you really were just borrowing it. <laughs> yep, that's the one. I am really enjoying it. It's it's alarmingly slow paced. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, even just for how slow your character is to begin yeah, with. Yeah, just for it, how slow he walks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, you come from GTA... It's a very different experience. He also has, I must just say, I must just say, the most 
abysmally depressing jump I've ever seen in a video game. <laughs> and that includes video games where you cannot jump. Yeah, yeah, he does. He comes he's, like an inch off the ground. He's not an athlete. No, bless him. But then what's your vertical leap? More than fucking Arthur Morgan's. <laughs> well, yeah, that's fair, but <laughs> it's also probably less than a lot of video game characters. Admittedly, yeah, I feel like I'm somewhere in between those those two scales. Yeah, so uh, presumably Arthur is just trying to redress the balance a little bit and bring the median jun- uh, vertical leap of video game characters I guess to he's... a more believable average. I guess he is carrying a lot. He is. Yeah. And also, you know, medicine and nutrition were not what they are now back That's, then. That is very true. He's probably I, got bad knees. I have basically just been medicating him with hair pomade and cigars. <laughs> You're not supposed to eat the hair pomade. It's the only thing I've bought so far. I'm just <laughs> It was the first thing I bought, I have yeah. to admit. When I went to go and do the thing, like shaves and all that sort of stuff, and it was like, who would you like to pomade your hair? You need pomade to do it. And I was like, That's well, shit. That's exactly I- what happened to me. I went to the shaving station. I was like, pomade hair? Yes, click button. You do not have any pomade. Oh, fuck you. And then in Valentine, I was like, pomade. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be a stylish cowboy. And I'm like, Arthur Morgan is clearly a dickhead, but I'm still playing him as, like, not necessarily lawful good, but definitely going with a very paragon route with him. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm trying to maintain that honour. I, yeah. I admit, not flawlessly. <laughs> yeah, because stealing a <laughs> he horse. Has, he has his moments and his lapses, but... Mm, like, uh, I did uh, inter, uh, intervene when a couple of O'Driscolls were mugging a guy. Yeah. But I did let them beat him to the floor first, <laughs> then I beat them up, then I looted all three of them. So it was like, oh, you did an honourable thing, you saved him? Oh, <laughs> no, you're robbing him. Okay, that balances out. I mean, I guess that's neutral? <laughs> it was neutral, yeah. It, it I gained also, a little bit, lost a little bit. It was also the moment when like, the law were investigating, when I went to uh, clear out the O'Driscoll hideout with um, Kieran, the, the guy that you uh, pick up near the beginning. Yeah. And suddenly, like, after we had this big fight and there's bodies everywhere, it just suddenly goes, investigating, so clearly, like, the law is, is coming in. I was like, well, why are they coming here to investigate? And Roman's, Roman's sitting next to me, she's like, there are dead bodies everywhere. You have killed at least 30 people. I was like, yeah, but they started it. She's, I've never seen her look more incredible. No, you started it. You shot a man in the back of the head while he was taking a piss. I also think Dutch is getting very impatient with my Arthur. Yeah. Because after, like, um, the shootout with the address schools, after the train, I will loot everything. So Dutch is constantly in a state of, Arthur, we're all waiting for you. <laughs> Come over here, Arthur. And my Arthur's just there, just rifling through, going, Queen's cigarettes, y'all are going to have to wait. <laughs> I, 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 I also am just sort of playing up to the fact, the fact that I think Arthur Morgan is just massively literally minded. Because, um, you know, you've got the option of, like, shooting the guys after the train robbery or yes. putting them on the train and driving it away. Yeah. I, I, I maintained that as I was there r- running over the thing to get to the engine to start it running up again, Arthur was there going, this is a train robbery, right? We're, we're stealing a train. I'm going to set it off and we're going to steal the train. That's a train robbery. <laughs> See, I didn't run back to the engine. I literally just 
walked body by body, looting yep. everything, because that is what I do as Arthur Morgan. He will leave no stone unturned, no corpse unlooted. <laughs> I did get really annoyed when my hat got shot off, and I tried to pick it up, but I was too close to a, to an O'Driscoll, so I ended up just picking up the body. And like, no, Arthur, you cannot wear that as a hat. <laughs> I, I was really annoyed because my hat got shot off, but I was in a cabin with a hat hanging on the wall, and I really wanted to have my hat shot off, shoot the guy who shot me, and then reach over and take the hat off the wall and put it on. That would be cool. But that was not an option available to me. The, f- the first time my hat was shot off, it landed in the snow and I couldn't find it. Oh no. So I had to just go hatless for a while. <laughs> but then suddenly your hat miraculously returns to you at the next checkpoint, I've noticed. It just it just regenerates, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn regenerating health and hats. So, uh, we're not talking about Red Dead today. We're not. Although, like... I mean, we are. Between, between Red Dead being released and Ash being announced for Overwatch, we could have a very cowboy episode. Holy shit, yes, Ash. Oh, yeah. God. I and have, Bob. I have played so much Ash on the PTR already. Is she good? She's so much fun, and my hit scan is so bad. I was going to say, you're not you're not one for, like... Uh, I was going to say accurate play, but you know what I mean, like, uh, pinpoint playing... I don't know, I, I play a bunch of Widow. Oh, okay. And I play a bunch of Soldier. But she's more... McCree? In the DPS lineup, yes. Right. Uh, McCree's probably the closest in terms of the accuracy. She's actually probably more like Anna. In Ooh, that she okay. has the hip fire and the downscope fire, um, like Anna. Right. And, you know, you have that increased accuracy when down sights, same as Anna. Except that you're hurting people, not healing them. Cool. Well, exclusively hurting them, whereas Anna can do both. Yeah. <laughs> the dynamite, though. Oh, is that like her, one of her uh, cooldown abilities? Or? Yes, yes. One of, one of her cooldown abilities is she will chuck a bundle of dynamite, and it uh, throws as a projectile, sticks mm-hmm. to things, and it has a fuse. I don't know what the delay on it is. It feels like, like four or five seconds, something like that. Yeah. But if you shoot it... It goes off early. <laughs> and there is nothing quite like chucking a bundle of dynamite into a small room with a bunch of people in it and dynamite banging it and just suddenly three deaths and one person running out of that room on fire. Because <laughs> it literally sets people on fire. It's beautiful. Oh, that's glorious. <laughs> and then there's Bob. Yeah. Bob's so good. I... I- I'm going to need someone willing to cosplay Bob when I do Ash. <laughs> well, uh, I am larger than you. Excellent. Um, Bob is Ash's Omnic Butler, who she has repurposed into her life of crime after meeting a young ruffian named Jesse McCree who led her astray. I love his goddamn moustache! That, that is her canon backstory, by the way. Oh, God. Um, yeah, spoiled she was a spoiled kid of privilege and her parents were like consultants to CEOs and things. Mm. Uh, then she met Jesse and McCree led her astray and she found she liked the thrill of getting away with crime. But the, the gang situation in the Southwest was, you know, really bad. Mm. So she brought her family skills to the game and right. had a sit down with all the big gangs and parlayed. And that's why Deadlock became so powerful because she split it all up into a cooperative where it's like territories and managed. She organized the organized crime of the Southwest. She unionized the mafia? <laughs> Basically, yes. <laughs> she brought her family's consultancy knowledge 
to the crime families, and that's why she's now running shit. Um, so yeah, Ash is kind of amazing, and then her ultimate, Bob, do something! And Bob <laughs> drops down from the sky, charges forward, knocking people around like bowling pins, and then stands there and turns into a turret. Of course, if there's no one to shoot at, he will just stand there idle, in which case, if you wave at him, he will wave back. <gasps> oh my god! Yeah, if you go hello, he'll go hello. It's fucking brilliant. Oh my god. Yeah. Bob's so good. Uh, so yeah, Ash, I, I've been mainlining her on the PTR just because they, whenever they release a new hero, the arcade gets the no limits mode, obviously. And it's just six Ashes versus six Ashes. Yeah, that, that does sound accurate, like sort of compared to all the other times they've released a new character. Yeah, but the thing is, Six Ash versus Six Ash kind of works. It feels almost like Quake. Because uh, ah. she's a fast hero, she's a very mobile hero, uh, she's a pure damage dealer, and she doesn't have any real escape or self-heal or recovery mechanics. So it's just a deathmatch. Huh. It's really kind of fun. And then there's that one prick who always picks Genji because he's like, Ash doesn't count a Genji. I can get some free kills and look like a big man. <laughs> like, go and play quick play, you... you <laughs> I can be a big man. <laughs> I, I assume that's what's going on. So just That was some next-level salt right there. Yeah, some salt has been thrown over Genji's turning up in 11 Ash games. They're not yep. engaging with the thing. Yeah, they're not, they're not joining in the fun. Like, there's clearly just a bunch of people who want to play Ash, and then there's Genji there going, I have come to ruin the fun. And it's like, well, fuck off, Genji. I, I, I did love seeing recently a little meme thing that was when, I think it's, it's uh, Homer Simpson when he's like driving the car, he's like, uh, oh man, I shouldn't be driving. Wait, I shouldn't listen to myself. I'm drunk. He's just, man, I really shouldn't be playing competitive. Wait, I shouldn't listen to myself. I'm a Genji main. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, mm. I like women's wrestling. I love women's wrestling. So, it's kind of been a hell of a couple of years since WWE realized that women's wrestling was actually a thing to be taken somewhat seriously. Seriously? Uh, of course, we had our second May Young Classic this year. We did, and it was incredible. It really, really was. I'm so impressed with this tournament like the first one was good yeah oh, oh my god like looking back at the first one and going right okay this is, this is pretty it retroactively gets better when i can look back at the people from the first mayon classic who turn up again in the second one and just yes. go oh my god you've lit grown so much in this oh my god so it retroactively just get better because a couple of them especially yeah yeah uh, and one in particular uh, for, for me, definitely. Uh, we may be talking... I don't know if we're talking about the same one, though. Okay. Are, are, are we talking about a blonde Australian? We are talking about Rhea Ripley, who... Excellent, cool. I was going to try and joke, because that could go either way. Cause <laughs> well, you see, Tony, for me, I don't think she developed year to year, because yeah. as, as I've said, and yep. as I'm pretty sure you disagree with, yep. uh, she didn't need to. Yeah, uh, Tony's character has been so well developed in progress and uh, stardom and elsewhere for yep. for for years now. Uh, this is the difference between her and Rhea. I think they're both amazing. When Rhea Ripley turned up on last year's May Young Classic, though, yeah, she was big. 
She yeah. was definitely attractive, and she was powerful, but she had no storytelling in the ring and no real sense of a character. She, she was just sort of like, yeah, I used to play soccer and... Yeah, I'm the ex-athlete turned wrestler. I'm I'm powerful. Be Beware, I'm going to beat you up. Yeah, so when I saw her name turn up on the card and they said, oh, Rhea Ripley, I was like, oh, yeah, uh, again, yeah, okay, cool. But the first promo she cut for this Mae Young... Yeah. Where she turns up in the studded leather jackets and she's talking about just tearing people apart. And I'm like, oh, hey, some, someone worked on your character with you for the last year, didn't they? And the bicep flexing. And, <laughs> and, and she does a delayed vertical suplex. Yeah. Oh, oh so God. Last year, I was like, she's going to be good when she's ready. Yeah. This year, I was like, oh, she's ready. Yeah. Take her out of the oven, she done. But there's a whole bunch of first round matchups to talk about. So yeah. I mean, should, we, should we go by them one by one? Let's go one by one. So I'm looking at the, the matchup brackets on Wikipedia. As am I, so for we my can... order. So we'll start yeah. with Killer Kelly. Who I remember you mentioning before this. Yep, she's uh, a, a favourite of mine. She's hmm. currently in the NXT UK lineup, if you want to see more. She's a Portuguese wrestler. Um, she's, she's good. I like her. She's got a lot of character. She's, um, got she's a lot a of charisma. Look. She's got an excellent look, but she, she was unlucky enough to be in the ring with living legend, one Mako's, of the greatest wrestlers oh. of the world, Mako Satomura. And, uh, you, you know what? I think Mako Satomura might have turned me around on the concept of strong style. Ah, yes, she is the embodiment of strong style. Because you, I don't know if, we, if we've talked about it before, but how I really, not dislike, but like, I just don't get strong style. I don't get the whole, I am powerful and I don't sell and I have fighting spirit. And like, I, I, I can get where you can sort of mix that with another style and be interesting. But when it's like strong style versus strong style, I find that so fucking boring. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. As a matchup, it's not great. Yeah. As a style, when done right, and there are people I think do it right, and I think Pete Dunne is one of those people. Yes. I, I yeah. think uh, Shinsuke, possibly outside of the main roster of WWE, is one of those people. Yeah, but Mako. Mako is definitely one of those people. Fucking phenomenal. Like the, the <laughs> kicks, the, the, the um, enziguri, the, the, the weird scorpion kick thing she does, which is like straight down on the top yes, of the head. Yes, I love that kick. She is fucking incredible yep she is everything i want from a japanese wrestler she is amazing outfit she is she's got the japanese storytelling which is it's kind of she's a face yeah but if you do anything to disrespect her then you have dishonored yourself and given her permission to kill you absolutely like <laughs> she she's one of the this is one of the few problems i had with um, this this uh, this year's tournament is that a lot of people weren't quite sure whether or not they wanted to be face or heel, and they would flip flop between them. And some of them, in the case, in some cases, they would actually be a face and a heel within the same match. Yeah, um, I, I don't think it was that huge a problem, but no, no, there no, were like definitely said, instances. That is literally me nitpicking here. Just like, this is okay if I have to pick something where I go, okay, this was a bit weak. Yeah, but Mako like was perfectly solidly right. This is the character I am. This and just that amazing entrance that is so just you know eighties golden era Japanese wrestling. Um, <laughs> when I saw the clip of her on WCW, I'm like, oh my god, we're, we're gonna re reference that when those weird days when WCW would just have the occasional like Japanese wrestler turn up. 
Yeah. Amazing. Um, but yeah, she she is one of the ones that completely blew my mind. She was amazing. Um and I have to say, she and Tony Storm have faced each other repeatedly. I can imagine, yeah, because Tony does a lot of stuff in Japan, doesn't she? Well, that's the thing. They hadn't really before this. Right. Um, they'd fought each other like three times before this. Yeah. And three times since. Which, given like that's their entire career before this and a few months since, like they have clearly decided they like working together. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. But we'll, we'll come around to that because that's like fourth round. Mm. Uh, spoilers for later matchups. <laughs> I think, but I, I don't think it was ever a spoiler when Mako Satomura won. Yeah, I, I'm. I, it was for me because I, I, but largely because I remember having hearing you talk about Killer Kelly and went, okay, if if Simon has mentioned her, she must be a big deal. And I'm not <laughs> saying that she isn't a big deal, but her name sort of stuck in my mind and made me yeah. go, okay, that's one to watch. Then. And right, so Killer Kelly comes into this in the uh, position like, that a lot of these women do. Uh, I'm thinking um, Kavita Devi. Mm. I'm thinking. Uh, Zia Lee, I'm thinking women who are already under contract with the WWE. Yeah. So they can fill out the numbers, but they don't have to go too far because the tournament doesn't have to put them over. They're already sort of, they've got what Kelly's they need. already got her NXT UK. She was filming that kind of in parallel with May Young Classic. You know, she's already there. She was in yeah. the, um, the tournament for the NXT UK Women's Championship. Uh, so she was there to fill out numbers in the first round a little bit. Mako yeah. was a legend. They they were not going to get anything less than like four rounds of a five round tournament out of having Mako Satomura in the country. <laughs> <laughs> so I was not surprised to see her go through to the semis. Yeah. Uh, the second matchup on this bracketology is Ashley Rain, aka Madison Rain. Yep. From TNA Impact. I was very surprised to see her there, but very yep. very pleased. I, I was as well. Um, but I didn't think she was going anywhere because she was up against Performance Center trainer and last year May Young Classic competitor and one of my favorite women's wrestlers in the world, Mercedes Martinez. And again, I think this is another one that surprised me because I think Mercedes went out in the first round last year as well. She did, yeah. So I thought, okay, well, she's a trainer. She's already like, her, her job is basically show off the other people yes so i thought i thought this was going to go to to madison i'm going to keep calling her madison rain uh, <laughs> i thought this fair. was going to go to ashley rain um but no so i was expecting like round two in this would have been killer kelly versus madison rain but it was completely the other way around yeah well when i saw the brackets i knew not necessarily it doesn't hugely matter to wwe mm. but I knew it would matter personally to Mercedes. Yes. Yeah. That she got a chance to get in the ring with Mako Satomura. Right. And and like I said, she's a trainer, she works there. It, it's it's like, oh, oh, there's there's a chance for me to have a dream match. Could could we make that happen? It doesn't interfere <laughs> with the tournament at all, but this would literally be a dream match. And yeah. I could see the tournament runners going, Yeah, sure, okay, second round, Mako. Yep, we can do that. And God, it was incredible. But we'll, we'll come along to that. We will. Yeah. The next one was a big surprise for me. Now, one of the things I'll say about this tournament yep. is I predicted the result of all bar, I think, five matches okay. in the entire tournament. <laughs> the next one was one of the ones I got wrong. Really? 
<clears throat> I, I see. I'm going to go out on a massive limb here. This is this is going to be me just like completely spitballing. But I was going to assume that you, Simon, would be a Lacey Lane fan. I am. I thought that might be the case. As soon as I saw her, right? <laughs> and in this case, actually, this was the match where I should have stuck with my original um, gut, feed, uh, gut instincts. Yeah. Because so I looked at the two of them and went, oh, I would put Lacey over. I'm yeah. going for Lacey. But the thing about Lacey Lane is, like, God, she's not even been wrestling a year at this point. Yeah. And Vanessa Craven is... She's a, a powerhouse wrestler. She's done some stuff in Japan. Um, she's done some stuff in IWA. Like, she's been around. Yeah, I've got to say, I, I I would probably consider Vanessa Craven probably one of the least impressive people yeah. in the tournament. But only because I think she got one of the shorter matches of the whole thing. So we probably didn't get to see all that much. And I, I don't know. I agree. I, yeah. um, I, I kind of saw her as a second round kind of... You know, she'll win the first match, go out in the second round. Yeah. <clears throat> Almost filling the numbers again. Uh, but I like I was looking at, oh, they've got this kid who's been around less than a year. And what I missed, of course, was that she was hometown yes. kid. From, uh, is it Winters Park? Yeah, which yeah. is just down the road from Full Sail, which is where it's filmed. And Such a fucking incredible look as well. Yeah, God, it's like... I keep thinking it's inspired by Scorpion from Mortal Kombat, her look. Yeah, Because she's got the contact lenses and the face mask and the yellow and black. And I'm like, are, are you doing a Mortal Kombat thing, Lacey? Because if you are, I like it. I just want to say you should add, get over here to your lineup. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh no. Kyrie's gone. Ah, Kyrie's back. If I, if I hold it by the microphone cable upwards, <laughs> then the weight of the microphone will hold it in place. That's a good idea. Yes. I think. Uh, okay, so you were saying that every time Lacey does her finisher, it looks like... Um, it basically just looks like her opponent is sort of just lying down. Like, they're just sort of falling over themselves. Yeah. It doesn't look like there's much momentum sort of pulling them over. But again, she's only been doing it for, you know, was it 18 months, something like that? Yeah, yeah, she's brand new yeah uh and yeah if that's where she is at this point in her career she's i think she'll do all yeah, right she'd go in places i think so yeah <laughs> uh the next matchup featured another returning talent tainara conti yes yeah, so i i'd actually forgotten about uh until they mentioned it. I was like, oh yeah her the, the the judo uh judo star yeah the brazilian judoka um who was in the first may young classic and I like the look of her then. Yep. I think she's looking pretty much the same now. Like, there's not been a... She's not one of the people who experienced rapid, explosive character development. No, but she's she's going for more of a heel thing now, I guess, in a sort of... That's true. She's definitely playing up the whole, I am an actual... I'm a, uh, a martial arts competitor, uh, you know. Yeah, there's a certain ego there. Yeah. Like, I'm legit. Which is which is a great angle to play. Like, when, when Kurt Angle first turned up, in 1999 and played up the whole I'm I'm an actual athlete I'm an actual wrestler I'm a yes. gold medal and played up the heel thing with it perfect great way to do it it is because um, you get that hubris and, and Zoe is obsessed with hubris being one of the fundamental forces of professional yes. wrestling and it really is you have to build up a character's ego and then knock it down and Tainara does that very well yeah. <laughs> she was a, and she was facing Jesse Elaban. I don't remember who that is. That's one of the No, there's a reason this was one of the shorter first round matches. Yeah. 
I'm um, trying to remember. Yeah. I have very little to say about Jessie. Because I also don't really remember her. I just looked at the two of them and went, oh yeah, Tainara's going <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> um, so we can bring on to the next one, which is uh, a great match for progress fans. Yeah. Tony and Ginny. Tony Storm and Ginny. Both of them progress. I have former progress women's champions, the pair of them, I think. Oh, okay. So it's like, a, not a champ versus champ, but like a sort of uh, a big old, lin- not lineage. You know what, just move on. Pretend I, <laughs> I wasn't saying anything. Uh, yeah, Ginny is the current progress champ, and Tony was the first progress champ. Ah. Uh, so this is uh, Ginny Sandu of uh, Knightsbridge, London. That's not kayfabe. That's actually where she's from. Uh, and Tony Storm, the Aussie. Uh, Ginny is amazing in progress. Uh, I want to see if the chants from Progress follow her into NXT was, UK because it it's Primark Princess, is Primark it? Princess, and uh, Georgia Asda. <laughs> Georgia Asda. Oh dear! Um, because her whole character is based on being a Knightsbridge girl, being a fashionista, being a trendsetter, yeah. being far too stylish for the likes of you. Um, and, and so Progress, of course, hubris. You've got to burst that bubble you've got to tear that ego down and primark princess is such a beautiful chance i was so thoroughly impressed with her ability to actually do moves considering how ridiculously skinny her goddamn limbs are i know she is so small yeah like it's just like her legs are just so thin and yet she's like picking people up and slamming them like oh okay well one of the things to know about Ginny um is are you aware of Jimmy Havoc? I am aware of Jimmy Havoc. He trained her. Good God. <laughs> Jimmy Havoc, uh, known for his hatchet, known for his uh, self-declared most divisive character in UK wrestling he's, is he uh, the one, label. Is he the fellow that hides bl- his his blades on his fingers or something? It has something to do with his fingernails or something I like that. I think so, yeah. Yeah. He he's quite an extreme, quite a hardcore wrestler, and I have an adorable photo of him from twelve years ago in a pub in Coventry before he had a gimmick. Ah, before he got the uh, uh, just, the breath, before he got the breath mask and the yeah, yeah, and and the side shave. I've just got uh, photos of him of just a straggly haired guy in white wrestling pants and a sort of uh, white vest, and is oh your little Jimmy Havoc. <laughs> grow up so big <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah he trained Ginny so she's tiny but she's tough right um, and that shows in progress like some of the stuff she and Tony will do in the crowd and stuff is terrifying to watch <laughs> but really really impressive so this was yeah it was a, a good one for the British fans this one yeah uh, but there was no chance Ginny was going over Tony in this one <laughs> yeah I'll be honest in progress there's every chance but for the May Young Classic no it could only go one way yeah followed by Rachel Evers who she was she was returning as well wasn't she she was she was returning from last year's May Young I Classic I forget Rachel Evers the daughter of um oh, what's his name. I'm thinking, of some, I'm thinking of someone else. Of Paul Ellering. Paul Ellering. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, daughter of Paul Ellering, one of the greatest managers in the business, and trained by Lance Storm. Oh, my God. Yeah. She must she's, ha- she's not bad. She must have no sense of humour. <laughs> no, I, I 
Guess not. I mean, um, that that said, I mean, was it Queen of Strong Smile? Was that her uh, her nickname? Uh, what the um, her opponent? Oh, no, no, I thought that was uh, Rachel Lover's like nickname, the Queen of Strong Smile. I I haven't heard that particular nickname. I don't remember hearing it anyway. Oh, okay, could be, could be. I will have to look that one up because I remember hearing it on someone. That it does it. Hmm, it does ring a bell. Anyway, but yep. yes, trained by Lance Storm, uh, daughter of Paul Elring, and dating Cassius Ono. Uh, f- from NXT. Oh, okay, cool. And she was in the ring with Hiroyo Matsumoto. Lady Godzilla. Lady Godzilla. <laughs> who, I love her gimmick. Just being Lady Godzilla yep. is such a great gimmick. I will destroy them. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> it's it's like Mako Satomura, but with a sense of humour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm going to be a comic book villain. Yeah, if you, that, if you that were, is literally what it if is. If you were making an anime series about... Lady wrestlers that wasn't Sakai the Ichiban, and you wanted to make just just make a villain like a classic season one villain. Yeah, you'd have Hiroya Matsumoto. She was incredible. Yeah, she she is right. We were talking about people forgetting if they're heel or face. She did not have that problem. No. <laughs> problem was- so out comes Lady Godzilla, and, and to be fair, they had a long old match. Yeah. I, I, One of the longest of the first round. But you say like she was playing the heel, but she still got cheered because she's so oh, yeah. goddamn entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. You, well, you know, a smart crowd is always going to cheer a fun heel. Yeah. But the the next matchup, I think, to my mind showed one of the most interesting sort of developments. Okay. From what she did in the dollhouse in TNA. Oh, Mia Yim, yes. Yeah, so we had uh, Alison Kay, uh, who you may better known as Sienna. Yeah. Um, again, she was in Impact as well, wasn't she? She was, she used to have, she was like, in TNA. She, very, very briefly from what I remember, I mean, I was it was during the summer I was stopped watching it, so I just tuned in every now and again. Mm. Uh, she was the one that had the big gold, like, um, peacock feather headdress neck brace thing mm. and she was facing another impact tna competitor mia yim who i always liked yeah i, I always thought mia was good um and she was pretty much face a lot of the time but she's back with a slightly revamped gimmick yep Blasian Baddie. I love that. <laughs> and I know. As soon as I saw Blasian Baddie on that baseball cap, I was like, oh, cool. I'm into it. Yep. <laughs> Just take me on this journey, Mia. I'm with you. <laughs> uh, and she's, yeah, she's come back, declared, you know, no no more nonsense. New style, new game. I'm here to win. And I was like, this heel turn is a success. I don't care if you win or lose, but you're going to win. Yeah. <laughs> and she did. <laughs> But they had a great match, I thought. Yeah, I mean... Like, I mean, it helps that they've probably worked together in TNA. Yes. And so it, they know each other and, coming into And on this. the indie circuits and whatnot. Um, yeah. Which I, I love that they they worked that in there. They were like, oh, yeah, let's bring in an actual storyline from outside of yes. WWE. Which you which, almost never see. Almost never. But I love that they're starting to acknowledge that other wrestling exists. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, <laughs> next year we'll potentially have the, the two-tier network system. Have you heard about this? 
No. So uh, apparently a uh, questionnaire was going around various people in America that had the, the, the network about um, if there were a... I think it's actually confirmed now that they're going to do a second tier network, which would be $15 rather than okay. t- uh, $9.99 or $14.99, I guess it would be, um, which would have access to like a once a month um, super card show um, only for those people. It would have, uh, you'd be entered into prize draws, you'd get early access to tickets, and potentially you would have access to um, the tape libraries of various companies that they are buying the tape libraries of, um, like uh, IPW. Okay. And uh, potentially even Progress, I can't remember, but like... I know that, I mean, the working relationship between WW and Progress is so close right now. Yeah. Progress are basically running NXT UK for them. Yeah, it was basically they were basically asking what companies would you like to see things from, and unfortunately, Impact wasn't on there because <laughs> I just really want them to have the goddamn Impact tape library. Yeah, and I think they do too. Just, Don't worry. I want um, I want X division. Like I want X division matches on demand. Yeah, I almost nothing else. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, all right. I, no, there's been some really good stuff. Like, I would love to have the Angle Joe feud on demand oh, God, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, X Division on demand would be really, really good. Um, but yeah, uh, I forgot where we were with that. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, so basically, the TNA uh, the stuff that they were sort of alluding to there. Like, yes. they, these two do not like each other. No, that, this was a grudge match. Yeah, they kept saying they were frenemies, and then by the end of it, you had um, uh, Renee. There's not a lot of friendship involved in this frenemy <laughs> arrangement, is there? It's just Renee, <laughs> they're just enemies. It's just Renee Young going, I think they just don't like each other. <laughs> I did love that from Renee. Yeah. Renee's really growing as a commentator. I, I'm really enjoying I want her. her. I want to give her more to do because she's so good at it. Like she's, They almost can't give her more. Like, uh, she did this. She does raw. She does the pay per views. She does the pre shows on a lot of the stuff. She does the pre shows. So like, there's not a lot more they can give her. I mean, they but... can just give her Michael Cole's job. That's true. Actually, no, you kind of need Michael Cole there. I I like seeing the commentary team as Renee and Corey, these irascible, out of control friends who are just having fun, whilst Michael Cole sits in between them trying to do a job. <laughs> Uh, and they're just interfering with his work. I, I really like that as a, a a relationship. How far from God have we strayed where Michael Cole has to be seen as the consummate professional in the fucking commentary <laughs> I business? I didn't say that. I said he's the one who's trying to do his job. <laughs> there, there's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> Important word there is trying. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I keep seeing him now with his, like, his, his uh, wrinkles and his weathered looks and all that sort of stuff that he's grown into the role, but he will always be the man who said, ooh, thudding stair strike to the back of the neck there. What a chair <laughs> shot. <laughs> yes, well, I mean, if we're talking about stupid things commentators have said, that, that's a dangerous door to open because Taz commentated oh, for a while. No, just, uh, <laughs> oh, look at that, Cole. Throwing them soup bones. See, now you just sound like Barney Rubble. He does sound like Barney fucking Rubble when he's <laughs> doing commentary. And he won't shut up calling Samoa Joe a big Samoan bathtub. Well, I mean, he is. <laughs> you can't argue. Is he big? He is big. Is he Samoan? He is Samoan. He is not a bathtub. Can you say bastard on PGTV? Oh. But you can say bathtub. Good point. Good yeah. point. Yeah. 
So, Caitlin versus Kavita Devi. See, I don't know who... I, di- I didn't know who Caitlin was, because this, this would have been during the time when I wasn't watching WWE. Yeah, um, and uh, even if you were, I don't think anyone would have held it against you if coming back to it five years later, you went, who? Yeah. I, uh, that said, she was only away for five years. It was really disheartening to hear the crowd chanting, you've still got it. Like, fuck off, guys. <laughs> five years. You could chant that at Shawn Michaels. It would be a lie, but you could chant it at Shawn Michaels. <laughs> you can't chant it at someone who's only been away for five pissing years. I, I think you can. Because it's true. She does. Like, she does still, still got, got it. it. But if you're going to do that, why not just chant it at someone like literally every single week when they come out? <laughs> Yeah, fair, yeah. actually. Um, but yeah, she's a, a returning former Divas champion, um, having been around in not the greatest era of women's wrestling yeah. on the WWE, uh, versus Kavita Devi, another returning competitor from last year's Who was Mae Young Classic. probably one of the weaker competitors of last year. Yes. But again, I, I don't know if that's just... I don't know if that's fair to say whether she was bad or whether it's well, literally... it was her first ever wrestling match. Yeah, and my expectations were set phenomenally low when she stepped into the ring and they were like, ah, trained by the great Carly. And I was like, oh God. I know, but right. Okay. There, there's politics involved I, there. I, w- I was assuming she wasn't literally trained by the great Carly. I mean, she was also trained by Sarah Del Rey. Okay. Uh, and also like everyone in the performance center. Yeah. But what you're going to understand is how over the great Carly is in India. Yeah. Uh, the, a wonderful phenomenon is if you know English and you know Hindi, uh, is listening to the two different commentary tracks for his matches. Oh, they are very different. He's always a he's always a face, and he's always he is a face in India. He's always the main event, even if he's yep, not exactly. Um, and they put it on YouTube, and he gets uh, you know a couple million views in India just because he's in it. Huh. So Kavita Devi, also from India, so they attach his name to her for the Indian market. And then they don't really mention that Sarah Del Rey did a lot of training for <laughs> Kavita Devi. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, so, yeah. I remember when TNA tried to sort of break the Indian market because they got the, the, the deal with Rinka King, the um, the Indian wrestling promotion. Yeah. And then they they took on a guy called Mahamali Shira, who was actually, okay. who was actually pretty good. He wasn't, he was green, but he wasn't like awful. Um, and he was just sort of no gimmick. Just he, he, they. I was really hoping they weren't just going to go. His gimmick is he's the Indian guy. Because <laughs> like, ah, uh, guys, don't and, and also don't try and do a. Um, oh, who's the guru? The X Division guy. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sanjay Dutt. So like, please yes. don't make him like the guru as well. Um, but he ended up joining like uh, James Storm's heel band of evil cowboy outlaws. And he was renamed Koya, which means like empty or something like that in in, in Hindi. Mm. And his gimmick after like two weeks became him just saying, I don't like this name. It's really offensive that you just picked the first word you could find in Hindi and just called it me. Like, I, I have a name. I had a name when I turned up in this company. And I'm like, this doesn't seem like a gimmick anymore. This just seems like a guy giving out about the company being really fucking racist at him. That seems fair. And then he broke away from it and his gimmick became he likes to dance. Okay. And I'm like, why do wrestling companies in America always fucking do this? I know, right? Oh, 
They even did it with Carly and he couldn't even walk. <laughs> I like to dance. You can't fucking walk three steps without like just doubling over in pain. So, oh. yeah, Kavita Devi, that was her first ever match last year. Yeah. This was her second ever match, you know, to be broadcast. So for her second match, it wasn't bad. I mean, not including she was in the uh, the Women's Royal Rumble. That's, I, I was talking about singles matches. Oh, okay, singles matches, yeah. Because she a, had that face off. Rumble is kind of not a, a match performance. You know what I mean? Yeah, like she, she had Robocop that, has been in a Royal Rumble. <laughs> she had that. She had that face off with Becky Lynch, who got angry at her because orange is my color. Yes, that was. I'm glad they didn't do anything with that. Last night, Becky had a showdown with Nikki Cross. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Nikki is now on the main roster. Oh, sweet. And she just ran out and go, I'll play with you, Becky. Play with Nikki. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Becky Lynch, by the way, I don't know if you've been following. Uh, you'll catch a little bit of it on Evolution. Because she's doing, she had the uh, the highest ever ranked um, women's match, according to, what's his name, Dave Meltzer's Yeah, uh, she is popping off like Stone Cold right now. Nice. Um, in that they tried to turn her heel and it just made her more popular of a face. Because everyone was like, no, she's right. Yeah. <laughs> and and luckily the WWE tried to fight it for a little bit and then just lent into it. And now she is popping off like Stone Cold. Fan-fucking-tastic. She is doing so well right now. But I really want to talk about Tegan Knox. So the next match in the lineup was the Masked Luchador Zatara versus... Co-member of Team Kick with Dakota Kai from last year's May Young Classic. Yep. Tegan Knox, the well shiniest wizard. The girl with the shiniest wizard. I I still don't know whether I love or hate that nickname. <laughs> I know, right? It's when they so went. It's for a girl- those who are completely unaware, the shining wizard is a wrestling move, and one of my favorites, in fact. It is a great move, and uh, she she has the shiniest wizard. They went. Here is a Welsh woman who is friends with Dakota Kai, who does The Shining Wizard. And I'm like, shut up and take my money. <laughs> she is kind of amazing, right? I love her because she has, in the past, worked with uh, Mercedes Martinez, who I established my love for earlier. Yep. Uh, Lufisto, who Kyrie will be aware I have uh, a deep abiding love I for. do love uh, Lufisto, yep. Uh, Viper, she's worked with Ginny, obviously. Yep. Um, Chris Wolf, who is brilliant. Um, are you aware of Chris Wolf? I, I I know you've mentioned his name to me before outside the podcast. But... Her. Oh, then no, not that one. Then I'm thinking of someone else. I need else. to make you aware of Chris Wolf. She's she's quite something. I'm thinking of a different. Wolf, she has really. an anthropomorphic wolf head. Oh, and and her ring gear has a tail. Oh no. And uh... <laughs> what you're telling me now is that I what I'm what I'm hearing is Alicia Fox. That's what I'm hearing. No 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 <laughs> no. She's. Very different. Okay. <laughs> I will have to introduce you to the concept of Chris Wolf. I might have photos of her from this Sunday. I think she might be at the event I'm going to. Oh, sweet. Okay, cool. Uh, she, uh, But Tegan Knox uh, has worked with uh, Shayna Baszler, uh, Kyrie Sane. Uh, this is all before coming Squee. to the WWE. Yeah. Um, so she's done a lot. She's also been teamed up with Pete Dunne a lot on the indies. In fact, I believe their first ever match together, they cosplay Joker and Harley. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> oh, God. Pete, oh, oh. I was going to say Pete Dunne is the I Joker, know, right? but only slightly scarier than Pete Dunne is Harley, so, you know. Well, yeah. 
Tegan Knox's Joker would work, though. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I've got to say as well, like, when, when I saw the two of them together, like, I'm just talking about, like, in, in terms of, like, uh, skin tones between Tegan Knox and Zatara, I was like, one of these women is Chilean and one is yes. Welsh. I know, right? It's not the way around I think it is. <laughs> also, I've got to say, as much as like, rag on Michael Cole for his inability to commentate, he can fucking pronounce Chile. I know. I was like, oh my God, was that a freak occurrence? He goes, ah, oh, this impressive Chilean wrestler. I was like, oh, he did it again. <laughs> he, he can say words. Well, I don't know. Like the second, Not all of them. The second round, the second round of things when he was when Tegan Knox was, was having another match. Spoiler: She wins this one. Uh, mm-hmm. He did say he beat Chilean wrestler Zatara. I was like, for fuck's sake! Come up, someone got on him at, in between rounds. But no, say it wrong. <laughs> they sabotaged him. <laughs> it's like no, Michael. You're going to start making people think that you can actually say words. Get it wrong next time. <laughs> uh, the next one was Nicole Matthews versus Isla Dawn. Isla Dawn, I, my recurring memory of Isla Dawn is the fact that they subtitled her. I know, because she's so very Scottish. <laughs> she's not, like, I could fully easily understand her. What the fuck? I know. Um, one thing you need to know about Isla Dawn, by the way, is she has the best gothiest merchandise in the world. Oh? Yeah. Um, she, I, you saw her. Oh, yes. She's yeah. pretty gothy. She has the sort of witchy, gothy thing down. They would not shut up about the witchcraft thing on the commentary know, right? desk. Like, oh, this is getting borderline offensive now. I mean, that is her shtick. Yeah, but like, they would just constantly go, oh, what if she puts a spell on Nicole Matthews? And I'm like, <laughs> all right, I get that it's, it is kind of silly, but like, that is an actual, you know, religion. And I feel like this is kind of just taking the piss a little bit now. Yeah, but she has... Um some merch on Blackcraft, which is a wrestling, well, amongst other things, a, ref, a wrestling merch site. Yeah. And it's, you know, her ring gear has like the uh, crescent moon on the chest piece. Yeah. Uh, it's her in a sort of black and white illustration with that crescent moon with the phases of the moon in circles around her and Isla Dawn in big gothic script. She's leans into that goth thing hard and I love her for it. Yeah. Uh, another one who's done, you know, plenty on the UK indie scenes, but unfortunately uh, for her, uh, was not Nicole Matthews. Yes, on who, the night, who more so in the, I'm going to say like this, it won't come up until the second round. But Nicole Matthews pissed me off something chronic in this goddamn tournament. Oh yeah, it, it won't come up until the second round. Is that because she was mean to Tegan? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. I know you love Tegan. I do love Tegan. But being mean to Tegan is something that makes me love Rhea Ripley, but we'll get onto that in the third round. Yes, we will, because I was really impressed with how Rhea handled that, because she's new to the business, but she did it like a pro. Yeah, and are you aware of the stuff on Twitter afterwards? Oh, fuck yes. Yes, yeah, I'm so looking forward to talking about that. But no, I'll I'll talk about it a little bit now. Um, Are you aware of what um, Trish Stratus' number one pet peeve is in wrestling? I'm not. It's when wrestlers readjust their clothes during a match. Oh, yes, yes. No, I have heard her talk about that. Yeah, And she fucking hates it. Yeah. Nicole Matthews was constantly hiking up her jocks or pulling up her yep. top just yep. to make sure it was all there. And I was like, and I didn't notice until like they did it in a replay. In her in the second round match against Tegan Knox, when she gets the Shining Wizard, mm-hmm. she falls out, falls down all, you know, unconscious and whatnot, and then just with her eyes closed, reaches down and pulls up her top to make sure it's all in place. And I'm like, oh, for God's sake! <laughs> I missed that, but yeah, okay, that would have pissed me off as uh, well. That's awful. Just like, Ugh. get 
get something that fits or just doesn't ride up. I know you're in a big, you're in a, a what's the word, um, a competitive tournament and there's a lot going on and there's lots of mm. movement and everything, but no one else was having that problem. <laughs> Maybe get better fitting ring gear. Yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, anyway. Anyway, moving on, the next t- next match was MJ Jenkins. Not someone I know an awful lot about. I, I would have assumed you would have really liked uh, MJ Jenkins. Like, I, I liked her. Yeah. I, I liked her a lot. I, I just wasn't familiar with her going into this. Holy shit, she used to wrestle for CZW? That does not entirely surprise me, <laughs> yeah. looking at her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just checked out her page, and it's like, oh, she's worked with Impact, uh, been in the ring with ODB, worked for CZW. I'm, none of this surprises me. Yeah. But I didn't know her going in. I, I did see her and go, ooh, I like you. Yeah. Uh, you, you look like my kind of wrestler. And, and then Rhea came along, the new reinvented Rhea Ripley, and I was like, oh, hello. And the award for most improved wrestler. <laughs> yes, absolutely. The most improved goes to Rhea Ripley. I, oh my God, I was blown away. Just Suddenly uh, here we have five foot eight of pure charisma and character development. Like, she knows who she is now, and that's dangerous. Yep. <laughs> that's dangerous for other women on the roster because she's gonna be a big star in NXT UK I think she's the current women's champ isn't she she is the current women's champion yeah. in NXT UK uh, we haven't right <laughs> they filmed all of NXT UK back in June Yeah, they filmed all of Mae Young Classic back in whenever they filmed it uh, the problem with this is everybody knows Rhea Ripley is the current reigning NXT UK champion, but we haven't seen that match yet. Right. Well, she turned up to Evolution with the belt. I know. And this is the <laughs> thing. Like, she turned up to Evolution with the belt. We haven't seen the tournament in which she got the belt on the network yet. Right. But we have seen her with it. So I'm feeling like... That tournament's going to be a bit anticlimactic because we're going to look at it and go. But on the other hand, oh, is Ginny going to win? No. But on the other hand, we get to, that means we get to watch more Rhea Ripley. Yes, that is true. We get to watch the optimum amount of Rhea Ripley. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Rhea, yeah, obviously she won. Yep. Obviously she went over. Delayed. She's looking amazing. De- 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 fucking delayed vertical suplex. I didn't realize how much I love delayed vertical suplexes until watching this. It's I right up there for me with the delayed military press. Yes, oh which my Rhea God. can also do. Yeah, <laughs> but anything, yeah, where you hoist the whole body weight up and just keep them up there, just going, mm, I can do this all day, is is one of my favourite sort of shows of power in wrestling. And she has the right look for it, like the proper look of disdain, and it's not even smugness. It's like I don't care about this. I can yeah. do this with my eyes closed. Yeah, uh, she has she has a wonderful sneer, does Rhea Ripley. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> so again, we were talking about that slight confusion about heel face rolls. Yeah. Tegan Knox knows what she is. Rhea Ripley knows what she is. Oh, this yeah. will come into play in the third round of the <laughs> tournaments. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a beautiful match between those two. Um, I think that might have been one of my other mispredictions. Really? I, like, don't get me wrong, I had a look at Rhea and I was like, you've come a long way, baby. <laughs> uh, but I remember you last year, you kind of feel like a first rounder here. Yeah. And then she went through and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess they've decided she's ready. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and to be honest, as she went through the tournament, 
I realised they were right, and she is ready. Yep. She is absolutely ready. The next match was an interesting one. When I when I heard about Casey Catanzaro, yep. I was like, oh dear, because like it was just all focused on the whole American Ninja Warrior thing, and it's you know she's not she's not a wrestler. She mm. is, you know, she's a an, uh, not uh, what's the word? She's an acrobat, a gymnast, a sort of yes. uh, obstacle course person. I was like, oh, this is probably going to be not great then. Uh, I was so impressed with her ability yes. to like tell a story in the ring and sell and everything. I was like, oh my god, you're you're an actual fucking natural wrestler. Yep. Um, Shit. So yeah, for those not familiar, Katie Catanzaro is um, an American Ninja Warrior competitor. I think she was the first to... First woman to win the... to complete the course or win it something or break like a record that. or something. She, she has a record in American Ninja Warrior that makes her notable. Yeah. Um, and she decided, like, beginning ah, of last year, that she, she was going to be a wrestler. She, she was the first woman to qualify for the finals, mm. and so far is the only woman to complete the finals. Well, there you go. All right. Uh, and yeah, so she decided beginning of last year she was going to be a wrestler because she's always been a fan of wrestling. And yeah. we now live in an era where there are women on TV that she can look at and go, holy shit, if Alexa Bliss can do it despite only being five foot tall, maybe I can. <laughs> she is uh, so small. She is so small. <laughs> she she has said, like, literally, seeing Alexa Bliss succeed is one of the things that drove her because she's always been a fan, but she is five foot tall. Yeah. And then she saw Alexa Bliss and went, oh, that's my height. Five feet of fury. I can do this. <laughs> I'm going to do this. Uh, so she's been training for like a year and a half by the point she comes into this competition. Uh, and I mean, if you're going fi- to uh, be a finalist in American Ninja Warrior, you obviously take training seriously. Mm-hmm. And she did. And she won. Again, I was not counting on that to be the case. No, it was a, a delightful surprise. Yeah. Uh, next on my lineup is possibly the biggest mismatch of the tournament. Oh, Zia Brookside. I love Zia Brookside, but... I felt so awkward watching that fucking match, though. But they just kept going, and her dad's in the audience, he's never seen her wrestle. I'm like, uh... It kind of makes him sound like a shitty dad, if I'm, if know, I'm being entirely it. honest. Like, maybe if he wasn't into wrestling, but he's a fucking former wrestler and trainer. And it's like, so did he train her? No. No. Okay, that's kind of... Like, Actually, yes, he did. Right, okay. I was going to say, I always take it for granted that wrestlers train their kids when their kids become wrestlers, but like... Yeah, no, um, Zio Brookside did train with Robbie Brookside. Okay. Uh, so the comment that he's never seen her wrestle or is he, not entirely true. He's, he's never been to a match of hers before. That might be more true. Yeah. Because but... um, Robbie is in the UK and most of Zia's work has been outside, I think. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Zia Brookside, very much a newbie. Like, she started wrestling, like, two years ago, three years ago. Yeah. And she's in the ring with Io Shirai. Uh, one of, if not the top-rated women's wrestlers active today. It's I can't remember if it's her or Mako Satomura who is actually top between yeah. the two of them. It's it's close, if nothing else. Yeah, I was checking the cage match rankings, and it's it's one of the two of them is the top ranked woman in the world, and the other is the other one uh, is the second. Right. Versus Ia Brookside, who I love you, kid, but 
You're not Yoshiro. <laughs> I I went into this expecting that it would be another it would be a, another case of Kairi saying that I would basically just completely fall in love with Yoshiro. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, not bad at all. But I was like, I was expecting to see um, Io Shirai and be just like, right, mm. okay, she's my favorite. I want her to win. I want her to go through. And I've got to admit, like as as great as she was, and like I'm, I totally see why there's the, the 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 fanfare for her. I didn't really, really like Io's wrestling all that much. I gotta say, and the fact um, that she she actually missed her moon her Asai moonsault. In her first three matches, out yes, of, out I was of five. literally just going to say that. Um, this is not Io's best wrestling in the no. Mayo Classic. I don't know if she was going into this carrying an injury or what, but I've seen her wrestle, and this wasn't that. Yeah, as you say, yeah, she missed her. Her as I moon so is very much. They were trying to make it the insane elbow of this yeah. tournament. It, it looked great, but like against against Brookside, she under she under jumped and just kicked yep. her square across the like legs and midsection. Against Zeusus in the second round, she sort of overshot shot. it. No, wasn't it shot low? Didn't she land across the knees of Zeusus? Oh yeah, yeah. And she then sort of... she overshot on Diana Parazzo in yeah. the third round. So it wasn't until she got to the fourth round against Rhea Ripley where she actually got it right. Got it got all of it, you know? Yeah. And and so that move really lost a lot mm. going into this tournament. I was, it was awkward to see because I really like Io. I love that she lifts some moves straight off of Rey Mysterio and yes. comes out in the mask and all of that. Yeah, I love her pink leopard print gear. You know, I love, I, I love the music she, they gave her for this because I know yeah, it's not so her music, but, but it was basically <laughs> just like this kind of Eurobeat cover of Neverending Story. I fucking yeah. loved it. It was it amazing. Was so lively and energetic. They, they um, changed they changed it up when she turned up on Evolution, but yeah, I liked it in the tournament. It was quite nice. Yeah, but yeah, she did not really show herself to be ranked like several places better in the world rankings than Kyrie Sane. Yeah. Uh if you take their May Young Classic performances, I would put Kyrie ahead of EO any yeah, day. Kyrie consistently made me just like fucking get out of my seat and yell at the screen like, yeah. oh my God. Eo Shirai was like, oh that's, that's, yeah, she's pretty good. She was still great. Yeah. Like I mean the the wrestling leading up to that Asai Moon Salt every yes. time was really, really good. The trouble, trouble is, her last impression that she leaves you with for three matches out of five is it's oh. like, oh, oh, you, you kind of botched that. And I'm like, okay, maybe the commentary team will will cover for it. I think that the, Michael Cole's like, oh, she didn't get all of it. <laughs> like, yeah. for fuck's sake, Cole. <laughs> well, she didn't. I mean, he's your job is not to tell the truth, Cole. Your job is to make the wrestling look good and tell me how much the fucking network costs. Those are I your mean, two yeah, jobs. That's true. Um. So next match was speaking of botches. Speaking of botches, uh, one of my favourite looks of the tournament. Uh, Ariel Monroe was it? Ariel was it? Monroe. Ariel yes. Monroe has a hell of a look. Yeah, she, I, like she looks like she. I, like if I get walked too close to her, I would come out with a bruise. She was that fucking <laughs> toned and yeah, yeah, absolutely ripped. Love the hair. Uh, love the ring gear. Like so much style going on here. Um, but she was against Zeusis, which I'm probably pronouncing really badly wrong. Or correctly, it's hard to tell because they pronounced it, like, between uh, between all three commentators, they went through five different iterations of how to pronounce her name. Yes. It, does, it doesn't help that 
before she before she was on the Mae Young Classic, she was called Seuxis. Yes. <laughs> so she's Xerxes, Zuxis, Zeuxis. It's like f- fucking. Uh. But what she is is a ten-year veteran of CMM, uh, CMLL. She is a committed one hundred percent luchador. Uh, and Not that I would have guessed from watching her first round match. No, I know, right? It was <laughs> so sloppy, and oh dear. Yeah, I, again, I don't know what happened there. I've never seen her wrestle before, so I but, don't know if that's representative. But yeah, I feel like they wouldn't have picked her for it if, if that were the case. No, I kind of feel like she should be better than that. Yeah. Uh, whatever happened, she won. She went over. Ariel Monroe, by far the less experienced of the two. Yeah. But I'd love to see more of her. Like, I want to see her come back in the next May Young Classic and pull a Rhea Ripley on us. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Um, the next match in the lineup was Priscilla Kelly. Uh, I'm trying to remember which one that is now. Uh, not hugely memorable. Oh, is, uh, oh, she's the, like, she wore the purple and black and had the kind of yep. goth princess thing yep, going on. Yep, yep. The, the other leaning hard on the gothdom yep. character. Uh, versus the virtuoso, Diona Perazzo. Oh my right! I saw her and I was like, oh, "Okay, cool." I, I, I'm sure she'll. She's pretty good. And then she, she had the thing where it said uh, Fujiwara armbar specialist. I'm like, yeah. I would die for this woman. <laughs> <laughs> I really like Diana Parazzo. She, she was really impressive, and not just because she does a goddamn Fujiwara armbar. <laughs> um, I like everything about her from her entrance music. I love yes. a arrogant heel with classical music entrance music because. It comes up perfectly in the um, third round when she's up against Io Shirai. Yeah. What I loved about that one was Io's music, as we were just talking about, is so lively, so bouncy. Like the whole crowd is up and moving and yeah. just really excited. And then it just all slows down, stops dead as the virtuoso's lovely strings take over and no one's dancing to that. No <laughs> one's on their feet to that. And it's just cut dead and gives you a good chance to boo. Yeah, because you're doing nothing else with your time. I always love that quiet, considered heel entrance, and it's it's such an interesting direction to take. With like they said, the virtuoso, you got the string things yep. going on there, and I like because she is this sort of you know the New Jersey, the Italian uh, influence there. Yep. Like they've clearly gone fucking hard swerve away from the obvious direction you could take that. Mm. Like you, you could have gone all Goodfellas with it, but like really swing it around the other way. This classiness to it. Fucking love it. Well, they did that a little bit um, in her time in Ring of Honor. Uh, ah. Like she's done that gimmick, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, and so I think we're not looking at someone who's just starting out now. Here, you no. know, she, she's only been around like six years or so, but that's longer than a lot of the women you'll see in the Mae Young Classic. Yeah, and she's been on um, uh, NXT. A few times she's been, and also in the ring uh, to get beaten by Oscar. Um, she's had a couple of matches with like Emma and Bailey in their time. Like she's been a jobber basically, yeah. uh, and now she's sort of getting a little bit of a push. And this May Young Classic appearance is definitely a part of that. Um, it was giving her, you know, some couple of wins in a big prestigious tournament. Uh, so she can come back with a bit more credibility in NXT. And I like that. I like that push. Yeah. And there's no shame in losing to Io Shirai, as she does. Yes, <laughs> eventually. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
And the last first round match to round it out was Karen Q. Yep. Versus Shia Lee, another returner. And another one who I say, like, not, not to the degree of Rhea Ripley, but someone who has definitely improved in the last yes, year. Yes, she, and again, I, she's picked up a character, she's picked up a direction, she's she knows what up, she wants to be. She's picked up the motherfucking English language <laughs> she's, yes, she's, in a year. I know, that was very impressive. Like, considering they, they literally said, her, like, last year, the May Young Classic won, it was her, her first wrestling match. Yes. So from a, a year in of going, I do not speak any English, and it's my first match, to being back again and being that impressive, mm-hmm. and speaking English absolutely goddamn perfectly. Yeah, yeah. She she came out as a completely different person this year. And my God, those fucking shoulders and thighs. <laughs> yeah, she's thick. Yeah, like that was, she's just very impressive. Yep. Uh, top to bottom, like everything she did coming out, not as impressive a change as Rhea, but no, but still a the, close like, second. Last year, she very much had the whole. She had a kind of not quite a chung sam that she was wearing, but the kind of red dress thing. She had the fan and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Like uh, they literally just went, what, "What's was, the gimmick going to be?" And they went, yeah, yeah, "Chinese." She, she's Chinese. Yeah. That's her gimmick. Whereas this time around, it's like they were sort dangerous. of they, they still had that, but also, but also, she's part brick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. So yeah, that was a short match. And, it was, yeah. Uh, she she went over quickly and hard. Like there was no question who was uh, the victor in that one. Yeah, they were quite clearly like, okay, you stuck with us for a year. You're getting a, you're getting a slight rub here. Hmm. Uh, which brings us into the second round. Dream match. Dream match. Mako Satomura versus Mercedes Martinez. Oh my god! Match of the tournament. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. This was my match of the tournament. Yep. Uh, we are talking two veterans, two incredibly talented women, uh, both of whom responsible for training the next generation of women's wrestlers, and Mercedes responsible for training at least half of the women in this tournament. <laughs> and, and might I just say, two absolutely bloody terrifying women. Yes, they are both scary as hell if you're on the wrong side of them. Like, I don't know what it is about Mercedes Martinez, but she has that furious look to her. When she gets, like, when she's trying to look angry, like, it's like her face is animated. Her eyes are just sort of, ah, it's such a cool look. She has a lot. Uh, in common with Shayna Baszler in that respect. Yes. In terms of actually quite lovely people who, when they want you to be scared of them in character, can turn it on. You're just like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, what happened? Are you possessed? Great acting. Great acting. They're amazing. Uh, Her acting slipped a little bit at the end of this match. I did it? I can't remember the... Yeah, like, she was clearly emotional. Uh... Uh, I have absolutely no problem with that yeah you know i i've never had a problem with um when a uh, when a wrestler's leaving having the in-ring hugs afterwards between people who were supposed to be rivals or yeah when you have a moment that outside of the character and the storyline is going to be a deeply emotional one for someone i don't mind them showing it at all mercedes was feeling it like the bowels beforehand, the bowels afterwards, the emotion between these two after putting on a fucking clinic. Like oh I God, like to yeah. think Mercedes turned around to the locker room on her way out there and went, 
pay attention. There is a test on this. Um, that was amazing. And yeah. it's no surprise that was by far the longest match of the second round. Yeah. Because uh, we fight forever. Yes. Uh, well, I forget which, which match actually had that as a chance in it. I think it may have been Mako Tony. Oh, yes. I remember it was like, it was definitely the, um, the, the semifinals, but yeah. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Mako Satomura and Mercedes Martinez. Dream match for me to watch. Dream match for Mercedes to be in. Uh, I don't know how Mako feels about it. She is inscrutable. Yeah, like, yes. The emotion was there on Mercedes' face at the end, but it was not there on Mako's. <laughs> She's very good. During, during the match, when she's screaming, she does yeah. some good grunts. She does mm-hmm. some amazing noises. She fires up well. Yeah. Yeah. She, but then when the match is over, it's like, okay, and back to smiling and, and nodding and business. <laughs> uh, the second one was one of the shortest matches of the second round, if not the shortest. Yeah. Um, uh, and another misprediction from me, <laughs> because I honestly thought, like, okay, I get it. I was wrong last time. Lacey's the hometown girl. They gave her the win. They let her go through to the second round. But she's brand scrubbing new, and Tainara Conti has come back with a bit of character, a bit of development, and she's, like, grown here versus local indie girl. Yeah. So, obviously, this is where Tainara goes over this. What the fuck? <laughs> it's, and as I'm thinking it, it's over because Lacey beat her in less than three minutes. And this is the thing where I get I, Michael Cole consistently called her the the consummate underdog or the eternal underdog. And I was like, Michael, stop fucking calling her the underdog. She's won two matches. You know, like she's stop. through to the fucking quarterfinals of the tournament. And I'm like, well, but having you describe it there, maybe she was the underdog. <laughs> maybe. I mean, yeah. yeah, I thought she was. Yeah, um, so and maybe yeah, she to kept it. surprising me. So I, I definitely fell for the underdog branding on Lacey. Yeah. I was delighted to see it. Like, that was a hell of a win. But then I looked at the brackets and went, oh, oh, they're feeding her to Mako next. <laughs> Again, that is another match that pissed me off, but mostly because of Michael Cole. <laughs> Well, it's, uh, nothing wrong with being pissed off by Michael Cole. It's it's when it was Lacey Lane versus Mako, and I was like, okay, yeah, so I know how this is going to go down. But you know, Lacey, the whole point of her arc so far has been, ooh, she's it's she's, not, she's to some extent it, what Michael Cole is for. It's, it's just to get angry at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like Lacey Lane's arc throughout this has been, oh, she's she's surprising Unlikely us. She wins. Yeah. Yeah. So this would be an amazing way to put her over. Yeah. Is if she won against Mako, and literally the opening thirty seconds of the match, her versus Mako, Michael Cole says, "How embarrassing would it be for Mako to lose against Lacey Lane?" I'm like, "Well, clearly she's not going to fucking lose, then, is she? They're not going to let you bury Mako Satomura." It's more like what an upset this would be for Lacey Lane if she manages to put away Mako Satomura here. Yeah, you you highlight on that. You don't say how embarrassing would it be for Mako because all that does is make Lacey sound like a chump. It does, but she hung with Mako for longer than the match with Tainara Conti lasted. Yeah, it it just that really pissed me off. Yeah. Uh, anywho, we're still on the second round. We are, and the next match was Tony Storm versus Lady Godzilla. Yeah, which was a nice long match. Like they both got to put some serious work in. Yeah, it sort of it really ebbed and flowed. Went one way and the other. Yep, they they told a story in there, and I think it's you know it's telling that um, Tony has done so much work in Japan. Yes, you know yeah. that she ends up working with uh, Hiroyo and Mako and Io 
in this tournament. <laughs> yeah. Like all women she's met before, uh, pretty much. Yeah, she no, she's met them all. She's never beaten Mako before. Has beaten her uh, since. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, Tony got put together with a lot of the women she would have faced in Japan, and she's clearly used to their style, used to communicating with them, and I yeah. think it showed. She put on some really good matches with them. And then who we get after that? Mia, him, and Caitlin? Yep, yep. Uh, I would say it's an easy win for Mia, but... It, there was a, there was definitely a fight there. That felt like a brutal goddamn it, fight. It was definitely harsh. Like it we probably, got probably, to see, I think more so. The first round we expected it to be sort of very grudge matchy because they were selling the whole these are frenemies. Oh yeah. wait, no, I think they actually don't like each other. <laughs> this was where I I think we got to see Mia Yim own the whole Blasian baddie thing because this is someone she's. You know, she's got no bad blood with this person, but she's still going to beat the crap out of them. And win by submission. And win by submission. <laughs> I got super distracted in this match, because this is where I started to... Re- I, I suddenly got into my head and realising that Caitlyn is a dead ringer for Adore Delano from uh, <laughs> from Drag Race. Just something <laughs> something about the eye makeup and the... Li- like, just something about it. I just looked at her as a... Huh. I, I know what you mean when you get that thing in your head, and you just, like, that's all you can see. For the rest yeah. of the match, she, was like, she, she doesn't in any other era that she's been because I've seen photos of her from from before and she doesn't and uh, possibly since she doesn't. But like just in that one <laughs> match, in that I was one like, moment in time, that's really weird. <laughs> that's yeah, fair enough. Anyway, uh, Tegan Knox versus Nicole Matthews. This this is the one that I had that issue. Where I was like, God damn it, Nicole yeah, Matthews. Yeah, we talked about this one a little bit. I I didn't catch that, but if yeah. I had caught it, it would have pissed me off too. Probably don't go back and watch it then. Just just enjoy the memory. <laughs> well, I was just enjoying watching Tegan Knox be Tegan Knox. Yes, because I mean we we haven't talked about her incredibly colourful tie dye happy hippie look and her entrance music that has made me start to notice something because her entrance music is very offspring kind of ska punk yep and i'm like that's almost exactly the same as what mark andrews has and i'm like is that is that just what they think wales sounds like well you got to remember mandrews does his own music he does or maybe he does hers i don't know so so maybe they look at mandrews and they go well he's from there so he knows what the musical style is, right? <laughs> Don't let Mandrews make the musical decisions. That man tried to rap to impress Gail Kim. <laughs> and that did not work. Oh, no, it sort of did. It impressed me. Did I, did I, have I mentioned this when he was yeah, on... But um, you are not Gail Kim. Did I, did I mention this when he was on British, uh, British Boot Camp? The, the TNA sort of take on uh, Tough Enough? No. And basically, they one of the things they got them to do to prove that they were sort of willing to work and think on their feet... Yeah. They, they thought they were going to make them, like, basically had Al Snow, Gail Kim, and someone else, I can't remember who it is, um, talking to, well, it might have been even in uh, Rockstar Spud, uh, the, the previous year's winner, like, uh, talking to the potential candidates and all sorts of stuff, and, right, okay, so you've you've shown us you can do this, you've shown us you can do this, you've explained your character to us, now we're going to try and get you to think on your feet here, and it's, you think it's going to be, cut us a promo, and instead they go, right, sing Gail a song. <laughs> And you had like, do you know the, the fabulous Bakewell brothers? Yes. They, you had them on there who started singing Lady in Red to her in their inimitable oh, northern God. way. But like, she was wearing a blue dress at the time. So you got one of them go, Lady in Red. And the other one probably go, but she's wearing blue. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> but you had Mandrews on there. He went, well, I can't, you know, I'm singing, I can kind of, do, I, I, I can try and rap. And they were like, can, can you rap? He's like, I can try. <laughs> we'll find and, out. And he, he does he does quite well for maybe like 10 seconds of this kind of free-flowing rap thing. <laughs> and then he like he like mumbles over his words, like bites his tongue, essentially. Like that. And, he, and he sort of just stops and starts giggling a little bit. He goes, oh, oh, I messed it up. But I was good for a while, wasn't I? And I, sort of, <laughs> and I smiled and looked and went, oh, I, I'm in love with you, you fucking adorable idiot. I like Mandrews. He's and another NXT UKer. Yeah, that's the moment I realised I loved Mandrews, was just seeing him, like, fuck up something and then just smile and go, oh, well, it was worth a shot. And I did all right for a bit, didn't I? <laughs> oh, bless you. That's kind of how he does his matches. Yeah. I was doing all right for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> He's also the, the, the owner of the most confusing, the second most confusing face-to-face I've ever had with a pro wrestler. Yes. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, Tegan Knox and Nicole Matthews, Tegan wins. Yep. Hooray! Which is good, because uh, I think we were both rooting for her at that point. Oh, ab- absolutely. Uh, and to determine who she would face, Rhea Ripley versus Casey Canzaro. Now, whoever was going to win this one, that was going to be a hell of a goddamn match. Yes. Like, this is, an, uh, this is one of those instances of whoever wins, we all win. Yeah, uh, there, there was no bad outcome here, but I think it was the right outcome. And this, for me, I think was potentially, if not my match of the tournament, it was certainly up there. Mm. Um, not not counting any of the Mako matches. Oh dear, there is a fly, and the Uh-oh. fly is on the other side of the computer from the cat. There's the cat. Hello, cat. <laughs> You, you were saying um, it's it, yeah um, my, of the non Mako matches. Um, I, I would say this is probably one of my, my top ones. Um, it was because of the, Yeah, you've got like the, the weight disparity, you've got the height disparity, the power. Um, yeah, and, five foot of Casey Catanzaro versus five foot eight of Rhea Ripley. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh my God. And um, I, I, I did reblog a, a GIF of it on Tumblr, but the... Uh, do you remember La Mystica? The thing that... The, um, oh, what's his name? The first uh, Sin Cara used to do when he was mm. wrestling in Mexico. Yes, yes. It, she did that, but with like an extra maybe three or four revolutions around her opponent. Yep. Like, she just spins <laughs> around Rhea and then again and again and over and under and over and under and yeah, around and over. Yeah, she was treating Rhea like a climbing frame at that point. Yeah, and then uh, boom, DDT. Like, oh my god! I know, that was really impressive. I- I'm glad she did the DDT then, because I think if she'd made one more revolution, she would have actually shot back in time and gone and found <laughs> killer whales. <laughs> Uh, humpback whales, sorry. Uh, the the problem was Rhea's comeback was basically I'm going to pick you up and throw you wherever I want you because you weigh nothing. Yeah, you're a ragdoll. I'm just going to lift you up. And you know, I was so expecting her to do the old. Um, I can't remember if it was British Bulldog or um, Steiner who used to do it. The the um, delayed vertical suplex with squats. Mm, yes, yes. But she didn't. <laughs> she didn't do that. But I was like, I was almost expecting her to do it. And I feel oh. like she should. Uh, yeah. It's like. Um, uh, Tyler Bate does it with the airplane spin when he does the airplane yes. spin and then he gets dizzy and he starts sinking to his knees and then he just starts um, deadlifting. With his goddamn freakish legs. Yep. Uh, but yeah, hell of a match. Uh, yep. Power versus agility. Power wins. Rhea Ripley goes through to the quarterfinals to face Tegan Knox. I can't remember what I finished. The, the Riptide or whatever it's called. Yes. Um, which is a great name, although I would have loved if it was called Believe It or Not. See, I, I just kept hearing Riptire. Because when it comes to angry <laughs> Australians, uh, <laughs> get ready for a shock. 
that, that would be amazing. Uh, yeah. Rhea Ripley as Junkrat. That's terrifying. Junkrat as Rhea Ripley? Even better. <laughs> uh, so, moving on to deciding the last quarterfinal matchup. First of all, we have Io Shirai versus Zuxis. Yep. And I was like, well... Two they didn't women think it was who mis- were both veterans and both sort of botched their finishes in the first round. Yeah, I was like, well, maybe they're going to... I think they were sort of like, hey, here's Zuxis. Oh, we weren't expecting her to do that in the first round. Okay, let's just pretend that didn't happen. Sure, mm. Io can go through. I mean, it was a fine match. Yeah. I, again, like, all of the wrestling like up flying. to the finish was great. And yep. yeah, if you like high flying, you've got a full-on luchador versus a Japanese woman who idolizes Rey Mysterio. Welcome to high flying. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, yeah, it was dramatic. And yeah. again, Io kind of didn't nail the finish. And I sat back and went, that was a really good match. Until the finish. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Awkward. Um, and I kind of... Of the the last quarterfinal deciders, I kind of preferred the Parazzo Zayali match. Yeah, I, I think they put on a better match. I think they told a better story. Yeah, and it, with a Fujiwara armbar. With so the Fujiwara armbar, it's ten on ten. It's got my match of the night right there. <laughs> Every single time I see the Fujiwara armbar, it's like match of the night. Yep, can't argue with you there. So uh, yeah, that was the uh, quarterfinals decided. Yep. So we're getting down to the last sort of six, seven matches. So we can run through these reasonably quickly. Yeah. Because we've talked about some of these already. Because Mako versus Lacey, where they were like, oh, how embarrassing would it be for Mako? Yep. Well, clearly it would be very embarrassing because you've just said that now, Michael Cole. It wasn't It long, wouldn't have been. It was pretty obvious. Uh, but, again, I loved seeing how emotional Lacey Lane was. Yeah. Because we're talking about a kid who's like, in her first year, year and a half of wrestling, and she's in the ring with Mako Satomura, and she clearly grocks the impact of this moment. Yeah. Like, um, you know when they do the bit on the stage where they're all lined up and they announce what the brackets will be, even though we all know what the brackets will be? Yeah. And they have the two competitors come forward and look at each other. Um, and either they'll shake hands or they'll stare down. Uh, Rhea Ripley hair whipped Tegan Knox. Yes. Um, Lacey basically started crying when she was stood face to face with Mako. Wow. It was amazing to see the, this moment of how is this a thing that is happening? <laughs> and the funny thing is, this is like the recurring theme of Mako's matches. Like Killer Kelly at the end of her match was clearly emotionally invested yeah mercedes was moved visibly lacy was crying almost before the match started and tony did a whole promo on the moment you know like yeah. everyone coming off of a match with mako satamura was so it's, powerfully moved by the experience it was amazing it's clearly some sort of like religious experience to wrestle yeah. mako satamura I, I think it is like if wrestling is yeah. your thing and there she is like best in the world at what you do and you're in the ring with her. You are a peer for this moment, and you're so, and you're coming from where Lacey Lane is. I think that is pretty oh, yeah. much a religious experience. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was um, incredible to watch. Like I, I didn't, however, having you know bet against Lacey and lost in the first round, and bet against Lacey and lost in the second round. I I didn't fall for it. I was like, <laughs> I think I'm going to bet against Lacey in the third round as yeah. well. Uh, <laughs> 
But it would have been an amazing <laughs> upset if she'd gone through. If they'd worded it right, if they built it right, that could have been a great way to sort of put it through. But I think then we wouldn't have had Mako Tony. Yes. Yeah. And I'm glad we did. And how did Although, Tony get there? She faced Mia Yim. Yes. Who we had that sort of like going through to the the uh, submission holds and all that sort of stuff and busting out of it. And yep, this was a real exchange. This one, this was a back and forth. Uh, yep. They very much could have gone either way with it. Yeah, and like when this lineup started, I'll be honest, Tony was my pick to win the thing. Yeah, I, I genuinely thought like she came so close last year. Uh, she didn't get it because Kyrie Sane was there. Yeah. I know Io Shirai's here, but Kyrie Sane is already here. That's what I, I was sort of trying to think of it from a booking perspective yeah. and going, well, it's not going to be Mako. It's not going to be Io. So pretty much. like Probably looking at, Tony. I, I I think it was by the time we, because we watched this quite late on into the, mm. into the sort of the, the schedule of things. I think by the quarterfinals, I had heard about the results at Evolution. Yeah. Um, so I knew who was in the finals and I knew who won the finals <laughs> at that point. Um, but it was still great to see these matches. Well, as you know, Tony was my pick to win the whole thing last year. Yes, and Kyrie was mine. And uh, yeah, and Kyrie took the win, and well deservedly, I thought. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But I came into this one going like, Tony was my pick to win last year, and she's in it again. There's no way she's yeah. not winning it two years in a row. <laughs> um, so I, unless they start to build that into a story. Yeah. So I was completely expecting to see her go over. Uh, Cheeks of Wonder, thank you for following. Um, hey. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the Twitch. Um, that said, like I started second guessing myself. Mia Yim's oh, okay. match with Tony was that close. I was like, holy shit! If Mia goes over, goes over Tony. Wow, what? <laughs> and I, I <laughs> thought it might happen because Mia Yim, like I said, um, her new character, her new style, her new attitude, massively impressed me. Yeah, like, complete reinvention, and Tony, as I said, no reinvention. I didn't think she needed it. I see this. Uh, it's I get what you mean, but I I have to sort of disagree there. I think whenever I see Tony Storm, I just don't get the feeling she believes her like her gimmick. I don't. It always feels like she's playing a role, and I know she is playing a role. That's entirely what a gimmick and her character and at is the same time sort of, sort of isn't. Yeah, it's just her gimmick is very much just her personality amplified. But it just oh, it feels so to me anyway. It always feels so very artificial. I guess, and it's mm. it's not like a massive thing. There's not me going, oh, she's the worst thing ever. It's just like it's, I look at everyone else. It's going to be a difficult go, thing, I think, to to put into words. Yeah, but the context I got to know Tony's character in mm. is stardom is progress. Is, yes. Yeah. Um, in, in stardom is very, it's Japanese. It's very different. It's a performance thing. Progress is a very intimate thing. There's a lot of back and forth banter with the audience, which you don't get in the States. Yes. Yeah. Um, and like her character works in that context when it's interactive, when it's con conversational almost. Yeah. Um, you you see it as a very genuine person. I've it's... only seen I sort of I've only seen the Mega Drive port of Tony Storm. I <laughs> haven't of. I haven't seen what she's like on the SNES. Kind you know? of. Yeah. When when you see her in something like the Mae Young Classic, where she doesn't have that back and forth uh, shit talking with the audience. Yeah. Um, 
it becomes a stage persona, and that's very, very different. Yeah. And I, I get what you mean. Like, Tony doesn't quite fit in that role. It'll be interesting to see what happens in NXT UK, which is a smaller crowd. Yeah. It might be a little bit more back and forth and a bit more chatty, and she might really fit. And with some storyline sort of building between the matches rather than just like a tournament yes. bracket and everything. Um, because, yeah, some of the stories between... Um, the, the women at uh, uh, in progress have been fantastic. Like when they really yeah. build up the stakes and stuff, uh, which you don't get inside a tournament. And I got to say as well, the only other thing, the thing that let me down, I, this may not even that this may not even be Tony's fault, but it might be like the the video editor's fault. Or something is when they do the the vignettes where they talk about the stuff and her, yeah. her recurring bit they keep coming back to is, um, I have to win the May Young Classic because this is my dream. Mm. And I've, that's like, that's the weakest thing you could say there. Like, that does not set you apart from anyone else in this tournament at all. No, that's fair. Um, and again, it's probably not even her fault. It's like, you know, literally the video editor going, right, that's good. We'll do, we'll use that. Like, mm. she's probably got, you could probably have her say something really cool, but you've just got this most vanilla, spineless comment of just, I've got to win because it's my dream. Like... I have to win because insert default line here. Yeah, there's there's some truth to that. Like I, the difference there, I didn't need her to win me over in her vignettes because yes, I'm yeah. totally already on her side. Uh, so very much my knowledge of her outside of the May Young Classic was feeding my backing of her. But this yeah. is why I started doubting myself because Mia, her character very much works in a tournament setting. Her vignettes were very very strong. Like yes. this was a woman who was here to win not because it's my dream she was there to win because she has something to prove she yeah. is the blazing baddie she is a new mere yim she's done fooling around and now she's going to kill you they they mentioned like they mentioned very very briefly in a tony storm thing about her only making it to the semi-finals last time yes but that was mostly done i think as a term like she was just saying it's a term of respect to Kyrie sane yeah Whereas with Mia Yim, they really played on the whole, I didn't get as far as I would have liked to last year. Mm. I, I messed up. Yep. So now I'm back and I'm better. And and yeah, I'm done playing was her yeah. whole thing. And that's a really good motivation. Yeah, and it makes you want to see what they can do and go, all right, prove it, go for it. And in fairness, in the first uh, Mae Young Classic, Mia Yim lost to Shayna Baszler and there's no shame in that. Oh, definitely not, yeah. But in the end, Tony got the pin, and I, I returned to confidence that she was going to win the whole thing. Because uh, <laughs> that was the one moment you were worried. Yeah, that was it. Because I mean, even Mako versus Tony, I knew Tony had never beaten Mako before. But I was like, yeah. she has to now. There's no way Mako's signing a WWE contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, the booking spoiled spoiled it for you. But I was yeah. like, it'll be a hell of a match. It would have been very interesting to see if if the finals had been uh, Mako Io. Hmm. Yes. Well, I, I laughed because because of events that we will describe in a second, uh, yep. we ended up with an Aussie-Japan semi-final and an Aussie-Japan semi-final leading yep. to an Aussie-Japan final. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was meant to be. Yes! Let's talk about Tegan Knox versus Rhea Ripley. Which was, I was so looking forward to, but also I was broken-hearted about because I'm like, who do I cheer for? Yep. I, I would have uh, I would have um absolutely called it for Tegan Knox. Yes, this seems like this would have been the perfect, like, you know, kill the giant, yep. uh babyface overcomes the heel like, moment. Rhea, I thought, most improved of the tournament. 
Yeah. But I thought, I don't think she's quite ready. I don't think she's semi-finals ready. I think they are ready to put her on NXT UK. I I just felt like Tegan was more of a semi-finalist. Going up against EO, I, I thought Tegan versus EO would be an amazing match. Oh my god. And that's yes, what yeah. I would have booked. And I think that's what they booked. Uh, and this is uh, it's the sad truth. If you're a wrestling fan, if you're a sports fan, you're gonna see injuries. Yeah. And Tegan Knox's knee exploded. And it's not even... It, I, I honestly thought it was going to be a storyline thing because they're always talking about you know her knee brace, her, her left... Her left knee. Her, her left, left knee, knee was, was a, surgically repaired. That's why she wasn't in the first Mae Young Classic. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there was the... Hot, they couldn't have asked to to give Rhea a better storyline. Yeah. Tegan comes back after missing the first Mae Young Classic. She's had her left knee surgically repaired. She gets in the ring with Rhea Ripley and her, her right knee, her quote-unquote good knee, explodes. And I mean... She does a suicide dive and just ACL, smashes it MCL, into the ground. LCL, uh, fractured tibia, um, torn meniscus. Like, everything that could go wrong in that knee went wrong. Yeah. Uh, but as she said, at least her scar is in the shape of a lightning bolt. Even when she's injured, <laughs> still the shiniest wizard. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. I fucking love Tegan. Um, but yeah, and it was honestly, I've I've heard people, I've seen people get injured in in matches before. I've seen some horrific injury. I I, I will never forget like seeing the um, Zima Eye on Jesse Sorensen match in TNA, where Sorensen ended up paralyzed from the neck down. Yeah. Um, I've seen horrific things, but uh, the, the Tegan's fucking crying. Well, the thing with Tegan is she she kept going. Yeah, she got up on a bad leg and kept going. And this, to me, is what tells me she was booked to win. Yeah, she's like, okay, I'm going to get up. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to get book the finish, yep. and then I'm going to go lie down. Yeah. Um, and then she couldn't. And it's when you, I was there going, oh, this is an interesting storyline. They go, and then you just see the referee like lift up the X in the yeah. air, and like, oh. When the referee holds their arms above their head in an X formation, that means real injury. Oh, God, get help. Yeah. Um, and this, like, as horrible as it was to watch, I, I hate seeing wrestlers get injured. Yeah. And, and when you saw her, when you heard her crying, as yeah. they described it afterwards, like, that wasn't necessarily like pain or the actual injury itself. That was, uh, I think it was Triple H actually who said, um, She's out with a broken heart, not yeah. a broken leg. Yeah. Um because it's like shit, now it's it's over. I can't go on anymore. And oh But I so immediately started watching Rhea. Yes, absolutely. Because here's the thing. Um these things happen. If you're gonna be a wrestler, if you're gonna be a professional wrestler and you're gonna be a good professional wrestler, one yep. of the things you need to do is handle that. Yeah. And when Tegan tried to keep going, like Credit to Rhea. She didn't lay off, but she went nowhere near the fucking knee. Yes. Yeah. Um, because the obvious heel thing to do in a storyline is, ah, oh, your knee is hurt. I will go after the knee. No, there were a lot of flat hits to the back. There was some stuff around the head. There was some arm work. I ain't touching your fucking knee. Yeah. Um, and she clearly was willing to keep going as long as Tegan was willing to keep going and wasn't doing any, you know, no throws, no slams, no nothing like that. Uh, just let's keep this match going and see how you feel. We'll do a brawl yeah. so it's easy to sort of keep up. And, with, and yeah. works with my character, like backing you into a corner and just hitting you works really well. Yeah. Um, and then when she's down, watching Rhea not break from that smirking snarl 
and yeah. just sort of pace and watch with disdain and shrug. She and handled she it like announced. a fucking pro, because inside she's got to be like, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god. Yeah, and again, it's, I go back to that um, the, the Zima Ion and Sorensen match. When, that, when the X came up and, and everything, and before anyone knew what had gone wrong, um, all, all that Sorensen had said is basically literally, I can't feel anything below my yeah. neck. Um, the moment it sort of goes up and, and they say, oh, the match has been thrown out and all that, the moment it happens, Zima Ion rolls out the ring towards the, and starts walking towards the entrance ramp and is making a big fucking noise, throwing his arms up, yeah. basically cheering himself, getting drawing like, all the everyone, attention. Look at me. Don't look at the fucking paramedics. Don't yeah. look at the stretcher. Look this way. Yeah. And it's exactly the same with Rhea Ripley. She's like, I'm going to just make a big, not make a big deal out of it, but like literally just draw all the attention to yeah. me. And and make this a, you know, check me out. Look what happens if you try and fight me. Yeah. I, I'm winning this because I just, I literally just tore my opponent apart. And they ran with that, you know, it's like when they were asking her how she's going to face Io Shiro and she's like, please, did you see what I did to Tegan Knox? And the thing is, she didn't do anything to Tegan yeah. Knox. But that's almost even scarier. It's like, yep, <laughs> yeah, like, see, like I, you know, I broke Tegan Knox's knee, and all I had to do was just stand there and let her break her <laughs> knee on me. So yeah, I, I, in that moment was when I went, oh, maybe Rhea is ready because yeah. that is one of the hardest things to deal with as a rookie wrestler, and she handled it, Mwah, consumer professional. And the two fucking things I saw on Twitter afterwards were outstanding. Standing heel work. Oh god, her Twitter afterwards was so good. I I've only seen two things, and I don't know if that's things that you may have seen. So the the first one was um her retweeting a photo from the event, and it was uh of uh Tegan crying on the outside of the thing with all the paramedics around it. You can just about see um Rhea's legs sort of in the distance, out of focus. Yeah. So all the camera is focused on is literally just Tegan bawling her eyes out holding her knee and Rhea Ripley uh, retweeted it saying oh guess I just found my new profile pic <laughs> I hadn't seen that one uh, <laughs> and the second one was uh, in honour of Tegan Knox, I'm off to the gym today because it's leg day yep I did see that one and I was like oh my god I fucking yep. love you yeah no uh, the, the social media stuff was so good and I am absolutely sure she talked that over with Tegan before doing it. Yeah, oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> Considering that the rest of Ripley's Twitter account is is just her doing the fucking weeby V to the I yep. thing and posing with her Pokemon plushies. <laughs> like you big fucking nerd. Shayna Baszler is a Warhammer fan. Like, let's just yeah. deal with the fat wrestlers and nerds, okay? <laughs> the scarier the wrestler, the bigger the nerd. She Samoa Joe named a t-shirt. Samoa Joe named his finisher after an ultimate muscle characters <laughs> thing. <laughs> they are all massive fucking nerds. Yeah, so um yeah. it was a horrible thing to watch. But Rhea Ripley handled it brilliantly and Tegan is okay. Like she, Yes, that's that is the important thing to look the at. The nice is, thing is yeah. like this was filmed months before it aired. Yeah. So by the time it aired and everyone else found out it had happened. Tegan was already well on the road to recovery, so was straight on social media going, I know that was horrible to see, but hey, here I am. I'm in rehab, back stronger than ever soon. Uh, so that was really good. Yeah. Which left us with Io Shirai and Diona Perazzo. Yes, and this is one of the ones where Io, again, let she let me down a little bit in the heel face thing. Mm. Because as you said, Io Shirai comes out with the happy pop music. Yep. 
Diona Perazzo has this slow music yeah, the booze, yeah. so clearly Eo's the face, Diona's the 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 the, uh, the heel. They get into their contests of submission holds and that like is it the Fujiwara armbar and Eo manages to sort of get out of it and move into a into the cross face and they're sort of going back and forth on that and I'm like this is really impressive and then Diona like it's like she's playing that her arm's been hurt yeah. by one of it at which point Eo starts like nursing her own arm and pointing and laughing at her and I'm like wait aren't you the face <laughs> why why are you mocking that you've hurt what that's that's such a heel thing to do. That's because Eo is not traditionally a face. I mean, it's something that Asuka does. Mm. I've noticed when when uh, Ember Moon turned up at the Royal Rumble with the with the arm brace on, and Asuka just sort of points at it and smiles and goes, "Oh wow, look at your arm!" Again, Asuka not traditionally a face. She's not. But she's also not a heel. Well, definitely uh, a Asuka's bit of a tweener. Yeah, she's definitely more of a heel than Eo is. They get face pops, but. They're yeah. kind of tweeny. It's kind of just a Japanese thing. Yeah, it's more just fight, you know, fighting style and fight, yeah. fighting spirit and all that. Yeah. It just really took me out of it for a moment. Just go, whoa, hang on a minute. <laughs> You've done nothing particularly heelish this whole time. No, that, that was kind of the limit of it, really. Yeah. Maybe she just really doesn't like Tiana Perazzo. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. maybe there's some genuine heat there, right? <laughs> yeah. It's possible. Uh, but Io, of course, wins. Yeah, uh, leading us into a, as I said before, a Japanese Aussie and a Japanese Aussie semis. Yeah, which are both glorious. Although, man, what I wouldn't have, I would have killed to have seen in the finals, uh, Ripley Satamura. That would have been interesting. Oh my god! Um, but I, I think at this point we have to accept this. This the way it went out is definitely the right way for yeah. it to have gone down. If, if it's yeah. gonna be a match with Mako in the semis, it's going to be Tony. Yes, uh, because as I said, these two women have worked together; they know each other. Um, and yeah, Tony at this point never beaten Mako. Yeah, and now she has. Uh, this I think was the fight forever match. Yes, it was yeah. a fight forever match. I was right there with him going, yes, yes, please do fight forever. Yes. Uh, it was, funnily, not my match of the tournament. I, I stay on record. Mercedes Martinez versus Mako Satomura, I think, was a better match. Yeah. There was more experience in that ring. They told that story so well. Yeah. Um, it was it was exactly the kind of match I always come away with going, that's how you tell a story. The matches that start off pretty slowly um, yeah it's the sort of show of respect and yeah and the, the, the feeling each other out the testing each yeah. other's boundaries seeing what you can get away with um that escalates escalation is key um yeah. and Mako and Mercedes do that beautifully um Tyler Bate does you, this really well as well uh Pete yeah. Dunn does you, this you, really well you don't just go barreling into it at a hundred miles an hour. Yep. Spot, 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 spot. There's a there's definitely a time and a place for your Will Ospreys and your Ricochets. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. That's that. a bad way. To, yeah, uh, and that's phenomenal to watch. But the ones that leave me like emotionally drained and exhausted because wow, um, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, they do it well. Um, yes, yeah. Pete Dunne does it well. Mercedes does it well. Uh, the people who by the end of it. They're doing these enormous, impactful uh, things, yeah. And you you hadn't even noticed you'd gotten to that point. 
Like it's it's the frog in the boiling water. You know? yeah. they, they get you it's to so the hugely explosive finishes, and you're like, wait, weren't you just doing a test of strength thirty seconds ago? Uh, <laughs> those are my matches. I've, I've got to say though, I really I know it's the shortened name for it. It's the acronym, but I really wish they would stop calling the Death Valley Driver the DVD. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like. Death Valley Driver is one of the coolest goddamn wrestling move yep. names yep. ever. It's like the Frankensteiner. Like it's just one of those things you see at a beat 'em up with a with a wrestling character in it. It's like Boston Crab, Death Valley yep. Driver, Frankensteiner. Those are the fucking great names. DVD, things. and I'm like, it's all Blu-rays these days. If that, yeah, exactly. no one it's has like, physical oh. media. DVDs are so over. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. <laughs> Call it the Death Valley Driver. <laughs> but yeah, Tony versus Mako. Second match of the tournament, I loved yeah, okay. it. Um, it was a, it, it was absolutely a great match. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dis, uh, di, what's the word? Disagree. That's the word I was like. I kept trying to say dissuade. I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and and this is the thing about uh, talking about Tony Storm's character. Yeah, she got on the microphone afterwards and and just was speechless for a while, and then finally managed to say as if I just beat Mako Satomura. And that is both perfectly fitting with her character and also not in character. And that yeah. is why I like Tony's character. That's fair enough. Because like yeah. I said, it's just her. Um mm. her character is completely no pretense. What you see is what you get. This is who she is. Um I like that it feels very genuine and in everything I've seen of her it's consistent. And I think that has counted for a lot. And yeah. We're talking about the genuine emotion of people who'd faced Mako Satomura in this tournament, and Tony left all that emotion in the ring. Yeah. <laughs> there was no question. She had just had a time. Um and what what's funny is so many British promotions have now you you know that thing when a wrestler becomes beatable? Yeah, oh yeah. So you, yeah. you had Oscar finally was beaten and then has been beaten a lot. Uh, so many UK promotions have seen this as a, a marking that Mako Satomura is beatable, especially by Tony Storm. And she's had like three wins over Mako since in various Aww. promotions. Aww. I know. Um, so yeah, that happened. But this was the first one and you could tell it was special. Yes. And speaking of special, Rhea Ripley in a match I don't think she was expecting to be in. Oh, this this was such a fucking good match. For me, number three of the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I put both I, of the semifinals over the finals. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will absolutely agree with you on that one. Um, I think mostly because with, the, with this one, with Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai, the f- I I just I never realized how much I take for granted the superplex mm. because we see it all the time. Yeah, like, in, in matches. It's, it's like uh, I wish they'd stop saying suicide dive for two yes. reasons, uh, and and I'm not the only person to express this opinion. I know I'm repeating a very common opinion in the wrestling crowd. One, the word suicide is not a great word, and yep. uh, I don't like that connotation just coming up all the time. Two. It's called the suicide dive or the suicide or whatever you call it because it's so dangerous. It's such a risk you're taking. Yep. Sure, it happens every fucking match, though. Mm-hmm. It should just be the ordinary dive, the expected <laughs> dive, the regular dive. 
Or the dive. Or stop doing it every single match. Un- unless, unless you can do, someone in this tournament did it, and I can't remember who it was. It might have been Casey Catanzaro. Um, it might, in fact, it might even have been Tony Storm. Um, doing the, what I would call the Austin Aries dive. Mm. Which is where you do the suicide dive, but instead of jumping between the second and top rope, you jump between the bottom and second yes. rope. That is fucking incredible. Yeah, absolutely, I, I will accept that. That's that's something special. Or the um, not Pete Dunn. The what's his name? Oh, we just mentioned his name earlier. Tyler Bates with the terrifying calves. Tyler Bates. Tyler Bates. Weird faint dive. Yes. Where he jumps towards the ropes and just bounces off his own shoulders. <laughs> That's amazing. But the superplex that we see all the time, yeah. it took me by real surprise in this when she gets gets uh, when Rhea got Eo up into the top corner and just plants backwards, and it looked devastating. Yeah. I'm like, that. That's not. A, I mean, it is a big move, but like in the grand scheme of pro wrestling in in America, it's not a spot. The superplex. Is it's just another it's, move, it, yeah. you know. But they did like it how, so well. Like in the eighties, uh, Jake the Snake Robert, mm. uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, his finisher was the DDT, yeah. and now that's just just a move anyone yep. will do. But the superplex, like again, anyone will do it. But that made it look like an actual finisher. Like if that had been the finish of the match, I would have gone, yeah, yeah totally. No, I, again, um, they did what I'm talking about. They built up to the point that when they started doing explosive stuff, it felt impactful because they hadn't been yeah. doing it from moment one. It had that sense of escalation, of increasing stakes, of you know them getting increasingly desperate to win and taking things further, doing whatever it took. It had this kind of moment of, when they were sort of facing off, it had this sort of uh, shadow of the Colossus moment. It. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of did, because Rhea is, is a big girl, uh, yeah. a tall girl, and Io is a small girl. <laughs> uh, which is always fun. Like uh, I noticed this kind of followed Rhea throughout the tournament. She was f- facing lots of smaller wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, and that was always fun. Because <laughs> that's how you make the big and yep. like, look terrifying. Absolutely. You, you, don't, you don't want to pick, you don't want to, you know, pitch giant versus giant. It's like, wait, you, sometimes you do. Some, on occasion, yes. But if you do it too often, yep. but it loses kind of speciality. When Rhea faced thing. Casey Catanzaro in the second round, I, I, I was saying to Zoe, I, I, I feel like this one may have been booked because of their respective heights. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Rhea in the semi-finals. I don't know if she was booked to be there. I don't know if that was the plan or not. You know, we have no way of knowing what the planned finish to the quarterfinal was. But yeah. I suspect this was a match Rhea was not expecting to have. No. And she she made it look great. She ran with it. I, and, you know, credit to her. This is her moment to get over. Yeah. Like, I don't think she was expecting to be in the semi-finals. She was. She was in the company of Io Shirai, Tony Storm, and Mako Satomura. Those are her peers, according to this tournament. Oh, oh, oh. I hadn't even thought I about know, it. I right? <laughs> oh, wow. And so she just walks out there and goes, right, this is my moment. I've got to look like I belong with Io Shirai, Tony Storm, and Mako Satomura. And I am the only person in this four that could really definitely say, Healed. Yeah, for so sure. That's, I've got that going for me. Um, so yeah, she looked great. Uh, she looked like she belonged in those semifinals. And I've got to say, she sold like a fucking boss. Yes. 
I, it's another one of the gifts I reblogged was her getting the uh, the the missile drop kick from Eo mm. and just flipping backwards. And just, I think she did another one with uh, with Katanzaro as well when uh, she got hit with a dive to the outside. She hit the ground, rolled over, sat up, punched the air, and then hit the <laughs> ground again. It was amazing. And credit to Eo, this is the match in which she finally landed the moon salt. And it looks great. When it hits, like, finally, when it hits, it's a thing of beauty. Yeah, one time out of five, it works every time. Uh, so yeah, they then, of course, Tony and Io went on to WWE Evolution, the first ever women's pay per view, the feminist bandage on the gaping sore that is the Saudi Arabia contract. Ooh. Yeah, I know, right? Um, hey, do you know the um, the WrestleMania teaser trailers in uh, in Crown Jewel are shorter than the ones over in the uh, states? I did not know that. Because they've got to remove all the references to the women's wrestling That matches. makes a horrible that's... amount of sense. Yep. I, that's, yeah. Oh. What I will say is Evolution, they they ran a trailer for Crown Jewel, um, and <laughs> the, it didn't. It was shorter than any other Crown Jewel trailer because they stopped it because the, the audience booed it off the screen. Whoa! Yeah. Oh, to the point that the production truck cut it. Oh, no, you will not see it on the broadcast. Oh, of course. Oh, right. <laughs> you do not see this happen on the broadcast, but according to many sources who were in the building, Evolution booed a Crown Jewel trailer off the screen. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty great. So obviously we were talking about it, and you haven't seen all of Evolution. So we I will haven't not yet, spoil no. it, but you have seen the finale of the Mae Young Classic. I have. And it was a damn good match. It was. It was it, not the strongest match of the tournament. No, nope, but as I said, I'd put it in fourth. But that's not a. You know, that's definitely not a strike against it. Because like, those three were pretty fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this absolutely fantastic, delicious steak is not of the top five steaks in the world. <laughs> yes, it's only the sixth best steak in the world. Oh no. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was a fantastic match. It was the only match for which the crowd cooled off in the entirety of Evolution. Yeah. And that's only because the crowd didn't know who the fuck these women were. Uh, because there's a, a mainstream audience, obviously, who are yeah. watching the, the Raw and SmackDown product. Uh, they don't necessarily even know who Shayna and Kyrie are when they're coming out for the NXT Women's Championship later. Yeah. And according to some people who were there, it was the only time, as I said, that the crowd cooled off. Because the crowd were revved up for evolution in a way that only WrestleMania crowds usually are. Because yeah. it was a crowd full of people who love women's wrestling, who were there to support women's wrestling. Um, and the occasional person with the marry me liter. And, and the occasional people with the marry me liter. You, you can be both. You can be, but... Uh. Like that sign, the, the marry me sign, I think at this point has reached a point that it is in itself a cultural reference, so I <laughs> don't want to immediately <laughs> infer the intent it's of the post -ironic. person. post-ironic. Yeah, exactly. Uh. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm just glad I didn't see any other, any other post-ironic signs, like we want puppies or something yeah, in the fucking yeah. back row. But they did cool off a little bit for the start of the Mae Young Classic finale. But heat up again real fucking quick. Yeah. Because <laughs> Tony and Io demonstrated why they were there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a hell of a match. Um, shortest match on the Evolution pay-per-view. Oh, okay. Uh, just ever so slightly shorter than the Trish and Lita, Mickey and Alicia tag match. Uh, but still, I think they got a lot done in that 10 minutes. 
yeah, like here's ten minutes, go for it. Okay, we'll tear the fucking house down. Yeah, uh, yeah, incredible match on a really good card. Like so far, you, I mean, you will have missed the the pre-show, which was oh, yes, yeah. um, Rhea Ripley defending the NXT UK Women's Championship. Oh shit! Against Dakota Kai. Uh, I'm gonna go put that on right now. Yeah, I know, right? Um, Trish and Lita came back looking great. I mean, obviously, yeah. Obviously, they there is a bit of ring rust there. I, I as much as there was ring rust there, I've got to say, the whole way through that match, I was just I had my fingers crossed, my toes crossed, praying, going, please, Lita, don't do a moon salt, please. It is the scariest <laughs> thing. Because even when she was doing it at the top of her game, as much as I love Lita, she doesn't do a good moonsault. And now she doesn't I even disagree. jump. Really? At the top of her game, she did a beautiful moonsault. For a very brief period of time. Yes. But now she doesn't jump off the top rope. She falls backwards. Mm-hmm. And then turns at the very last minute. And that can sound impressive. But it just looks so fucking dangerous. It, it is dangerous, but it is also very deliberate. Um, it oh. is the companion piece to Jeff Hardy's Swanton Bomb. Which oh, is even I, more dangerous. It is, but I just whenever I look at her moonsault, I'm just like... Not including this match, this is, this is what my point was going to be. Like When she did it at... Um, oh, fucking what? Uh, was it the Royal it Rumble? The Royal Rumble, Rumble yeah. yeah. When she did it before, that was... That was not Ooh, a great moonsault. That I was not admit, a great one. But the one, but she the one evolution match was beautiful. Yes. I'm not. I will not take that away from her. That was incredible. Yeah, we saw a beautiful uh, Lita Salt. Sorry, we saw a beautiful twist of fate. We saw a beautiful yep. Stratisfaction. Like they they did the hits. The band I came was, out and played uh, the classics. I was really worried when when Trish did the uh, the chop on Mickey James mm. and then and then licked her hand, and I was like. Wait, didn't you guys get in massive trouble the last time there was hand licking going on between you two? <laughs> yes, they did. But hey, didn't Mickey James nearly get fired over that? Yeah, but this is a different time. Um, I mean, and it was a different move. That was before the PG era. Well, that's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a good match. I'm I'm sad that Alexa couldn't be in it, but she was carrying an injury, unfortunately. Ah, oh, but yeah, which is why Alicia Fox was standing in for her. I, when I saw Alicia Fox, I was like, who gave her access to the other fucking hat box? Because <laughs> the last time I saw her, she had a fucking giant fruity hat on with, like, flowers and shit coming out of yep. it. And now it's just this giant top hat. And I'm like, well, that's because she was the Mad Hatter. Yes, but stop giving her hats. <laughs> no, please. never. Never. <laughs> Couldn't she at least have taken Tony Storm's tiny hat from last year? <laughs> Uh, then they had the Battle Royal for the Women's Championship match. Which I thoroughly enjoyed. I did. Um, and I thought it was incredibly notable that, was it the final four? It was certainly the final three. Um, but yeah, the, Naya... the last survivors were all women of colour. Oh. Yeah. So you had, you had uh, Naya, you had... Um, uh, uh, oh, God, why is her first name... Eluding uh, me. You were left with Tamina, Zelina Vega, Tamina. Ember Moon, and Nia Jax. Yeah. And Oscar, actually, before that. So the last five. Yes, Ember eliminated Oscar. Yeah. Which like, oh, fucking A, awesome. So, I mean, that was a strong moment for a company that is pretty much known for identikit blonde wrestlers. 
Yeah. Uh, as you could somewhat see with Trish and Mickey being in that match, both being hearkening back to that era. Yep. Um, so, yeah, seeing that was good. Although, spe- speaking of the identical blonde wrestler, I didn't recognize Carmella until she started uh, moonwalking. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Br- Brunette suits her, I've got to say. Yeah, but but that match did remind us a little bit of the Identikit Blonde, because you had Mandy yeah. Rose in there, you you had um, Dana Brooke in there, sort of, and then of the modern era. Yeah. You also had Michelle McCool, Tori Wilson, oh. Kelly Kelly, all coming back to go, hey, remember when this was all women's wrestling was? There, there, were, there were moments that I looked, because I know Dana Brooke gets so like, people don't seem to like her. No. And she is very limited in what she can do. She is. But I've got to say, the flip and then the bicep curl she does. She is she's working on an image. Um, yeah, she looks incredible. Yeah, that, that entrance was attention She can't back it up. She, yeah, can't. she can't back it up. Um, but I almost forgive everything in the ring for that. Yeah. It's when she came out, the first time I ever saw her was at the Royal Rumble, where she didn't have the jacket on, so she had like her shoulders bare. She yeah. just did front cartwheel flip and then the bicep curl. I'm like, oh my God, who is she? Um, but like, I, I saw some of the harkening backs and I was like, oh, cool. There's ivory in there. Holy shit. Molly and Holly was there. Molly Holly. Alundra fucking yes. Blaze. Oh God, Zoe will vouch for my reaction when Alundra Blaze came out. I was yeah. amazed. Was I also, I've, so <laughs> I've got, I've got to say, I, I did, I did, I did nearly laugh a little bit when I saw that her Twitter handle is Medusa. Yes. Which was the name she had when she went to WCW and yeah. tossed the WWF women's title in the bin. Yep. <laughs> oh, I didn't realise that was the case. That's um, right. But yeah, and then it was like, oh, cool, all these people come out. And then it was Michelle McCool. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Well, actually, I'd rather have Michelle McCool back than Kelly Kelly. Oh, I just... I think Michelle McCool... It's, it's two things that really piss me off about Michelle McCool. <laughs> it's one is that she was booked to be like the cane of the women's Royal Rumble, just throwing yeah. people out left, right, and center. I'm like, now is this because she's incredibly talented? No. <laughs> is it because she's Mrs. Undertaker? Yes. Possibly. <laughs> uh, I will say the thing that I really adored about the Royal Rumble, uh, the Battle Royal in Evolution, was not yeah. in the Battle Royal itself, but something it led to later. Which is, you know, Mandy Rose turned on Sonya Deville. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen the, the little they... interview piece they did after it with Sonya about that? I hadn't, no. Oh my God, it's the cutest fucking thing. Because um, they're doing one of those in the corridor backstage immediately after interviews. And they're like, so yeah. Sonya, you know, how do you feel about what happened in the Battle Royal with Mandy Ro- uh, Rose turning on? And she said, oh, how do I feel? How do I feel about my supposed tag team partner betraying me? it's pretty clear how I'm going to feel. And at which point Mandy walks on stage left with two boxes of donuts. Just goes, Sonia, donut be mad at me. <laughs> Sonia sort of looks at her and goes, hmm, apple cinnamon? Hmm, yeah. And just takes the one that Mandy has half eaten and starts by <laughs> just like, I, I brought you your own, but okay, you can have that one. That's fine. Yeah. And then they just sort of walk off, having forgotten there's an interview. And Sonia goes, "Don't be mad at me, you idiot." <laughs> <laughs> I uh, and also in that battle royal, I'm starting to understand the iconics now. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was the as much as I really didn't quite get and or like them the last time I saw them. 
Mm-hmm. It was the moment they went, we've got it now. The the uh, the historic first ever women's, all-women's uh, all pay-per-view. It's going to be absolutely historic here in Long Island. Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. You lot sound weird. And it's that beautiful moment of them <laughs> doing the, the, the best mate hand slappy weird thing they do as... As all of the legends just circle them. They they were the Vicky Guerrero yes. of this battle royale. But I just love that, oh God, can you imagine having a weird accent like these people in Long Island? That would be the worst. Yes, you're starting to get the Iconics. They are very good at what they do. Yeah. I'm like, shit, I get it now. And, I mean, the rest of the pay-per-view is brilliant. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Uh, I am going to say... I have had every match spoiled, I will say. That's fair. Uh, I will say you can turn it off 15 minutes before it ends. Oh, is it uh, Rousey Bella? Yeah, Ronda Rousey versus Nikki Bella is about a 15-minute running time. Uh Wow. (laughs) Also, no no knock against Nikki Bella in particular. Mm Mm-hmm. But why is she the the like? Why has she got a title shot? Why is she the number one contender? Because uh, she's Nikki Bella. But she's. I I've I've always considered like the Bella twins to have been like you know a few years ago kind of thing, not currently high up on the the standings. I mean they are they are. Okay. I certainly right. They are, and they have been for a while, because of Total Divas, Total Bellas, uh, because mm. of their respective relationships with John Cena and Daniel Bryan, um, which they lean into a little bit in character. Yeah. You know, that it's often a criticism against them in character that they are uh, nepotistically pushed. Um, they are also probably the biggest names of the old Divas era around. Yeah. Um so they, they have a lot of heat behind them. They have a, a quite a push. Okay, fair enough. But the the whole thing with her and Ronda is a storyline. So they tagged with her, right. turned on her, and she did this emotional piece about how when she turned up at WrestleMania, the Bellas were the first people to welcome her, and they seemed really nice, and she was like, oh, this is great, you know, women together doing our thing, pushing women's wrestling forward. And then they just stabbed me in the back. Um, and she very much lent into the whole, you know, these women who they only stabbed me in the back because they are not as good as me. They're riding on the coattails of their men. Um, and that's where this whole feud came from. Right. Uh, that's what built this up. Because they needed an opponent for Ronda. Um, and without meaning to sound too mean to Nikki, they needed it to not be one with stakes. Because they're still waiting to find the feud for WrestleMania. Because you know Ronda's champion until WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah. God, so how fucking pointless is... I was going to say, how fucking pointless is Raw at the moment with the two head champions? I know, it's so pointless. Like, this is the problem with putting your title on people like this. On Brock and Ronda. Who won't show up for oh, the no, week-to-week fairness, shows. Ronda is there week-to-week. This is now her okay. full-time job, and she is committed to it. She is she not playing the Lesnar game. Yeah. She wasn't for a while because they were holding her back, because she hadn't right. properly debuted yet. 
But since she's become the champ, she is a fighting champ. She is a TV champ. She is there. She is doing okay. her job. Like, I hate her as a person. Yeah. <laughs> but as a wrestler, she is doing her job. I will right. give credit where it's due. Uh, I just don't like Fair. her. Yeah. Um, for very many reasons. Uh, Would rather she wasn't on TV all the time. Yes. But I kind of love, like, I was initially pissed off that. Becky Charlotte wasn't the main event. Yeah. I actually kind of love that it is. Because the Becky Charlotte last woman standing match is half an hour long. Wow. And it's insane. Um, match of the night? Oh, God, yes. Cool. Match of the year this is what I keep, for the women's this is what division? I keep, this is what for I keep hearing WWE? from people. Yeah. It's astonishingly good. There's a few botches in there, obviously, because... It's a long match. It's a long match, and also women haven't had a chance to do this kind of shit. So when um, Charlotte botches the moonsault off the top turnbuckle to Becky on the table, um, it's understandable. That's not a spot that happens a lot in women's wrestling. They haven't had a lot of chances to practice that. Yeah. Um, And it wasn't a dangerous botch. It was just she overshot and toppled the table rather than go through it. Okay, Fine, that's not, usually when usually when Charlotte botches a moonsault or something like that, she usually tends to bust her own face yeah. open. No, it wasn't that like, bad. Uh, but she did, I noticed, then go back and do it as a senton instead. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, did she? Did she like? Did she, did her mouth bleed in this match? Probably. I can't remember. That seems I, to I always think they be both the case. Did. And when I explained that there were about twenty chairs, three tables, couple of ladders, yeah, uh, I think they both bled. Yeah, um, uh, Becky did a lovely power bomb off the apron to the outside, and it would have been a bad scene if they didn't have Mike Yota, you know, one of the most senior referees in the business, who grabbed the back of her wrestling gear as she did it, because otherwise she would have toppled over with Charlotte. Yeah, uh, and also there's a spot where Becky's trapped in the ladder and reaching for a chair, and Kyoto just sort of slides it to her with his foot. The referee was integral to this match, but. <laughs> <laughs> it was a women's match at a women's only pay-per-view match that had got an EC dub chant. Fucking hell. Uh, at the spot when Becky and Charlotte are both looking under the ring and each getting out a chair and throwing it into the middle, causing the other one to go fine and getting out a chair and throwing it into the middle until, as I say, there are 20 to 30 chairs in the ring. <laughs> uh, i got to say, it's like, Kendo that sticks, remind me, you, uh, you, you, say, you saying um, ECW there did remind me someone in the Battle Royale, I don't know who, but someone in the Battle Royale got nicknamed the Queen of Extreme. Mm. And, I'm, and I'm like, hey, hey. That's Francine that you're Francine. talking about there. <laughs> but yeah, the, I, Becky Charlotte, what I loved about that match is there's no way Ronda and Nikki could follow it. <laughs> <laughs> you could put any match on after that. And we'd be like, like oh. I did just turn it off and walk away and go, that was the main event. I've seen everything I need to see. <laughs> <laughs> it was astonishingly good. And yeah, Becky's gone from strength to fucking strength. I love how we're talking about the social media. I love how Becky yep. has embraced the fact that she's now a Stone Cold style anti-hero. Um, you know the PWI power rankings? Yes, yeah. They were released recently. Um, and Becky Lynch is in at number 11 on the women's PWI power rankings. Well, but on okay. Twitter, she said the only way Becky Lynch is an 11 is if the question is on a scale of 1 to 10, how hot is Becky Lynch right now? 
<laughs> so I, I love that woman. Like I've been waiting for Becky to get what's coming to her ever <laughs> since I saw her fight a can of pineapple. <laughs> this was a true thing that happened. Yep, I, I remember you mentioned like, it was an in- Instagram thing, wasn't it? <laughs> that was an epic, like, 20-minute match between her and the pineapple. I'm pretty sure she bled it, during that one as well. Yeah, Wasn't it literally just the end of it, it was on the other side or something like that? Yeah, it was something like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the, the ring pool was on the other end of the can or something. But uh, yeah, that was epic. And I do like that she even at the time was in a don't give a fuck attitude and saying, still, this is a better match than I've had in the women's division of the WWE for the last year. Give you a WrestleMania shot and then nothing on TV. Um, <laughs> which may be why she didn't get anything for a little while. Yes, uh, yeah. They're finally recognising what they've got with her. And it's it's good because like she's the last of the, the four horse women to really get proper yeah. recognition from the company. And it's, it's happening and oh my god, she is lit. They tried to make her a heel and it did not work. Yep, yep. <laughs> the fans would not allow it. The fans would not let her be a heel. Uh, you you were well saying about like all the chairs and everything in the ring has reminded right. me of seeing the ultimate the, the ultimate heel move. Mm. Which was uh the young bucks in Ring of Honor yeah. doing uh, setting up a thing where they basically got two chairs with a table over the top of it, but set up over the two chairs, and then another table on top of that, and then doing a double power bomb on someone next to it, not through it. <laughs> and by the end of the match, no one went through those tables. I love it. I love it. That is so good. <laughs> I've also now seen on two separate occasions them bring out, you know, they go into the ring and bring out, you know, the bag. Yeah. And you go, oh shit, thumbtacks. Yeah. And on one occasion, they open the thing out. And uh, this is in a, t- a tag match, which was them versus uh, Joey Ryan. Was it Joey Ryan? I don't know. Uh, Joey Ryan and uh, oh, fucking Candice LeRae. Mm. Uh, and they open up the, the, the bag of thumbtacks and they start pouring out gummy bears onto the floor. <laughs> Love it. And slam Joey Ryan down onto the gummy bears who starts right eating on the it gummy in the crowd. Bears. And the, as he's eating it, the crowd are chanting, you sick fuck, you sick fuck. <laughs> it was slightly less fun the second time they brought out the, the, the bag of thumbtacks, opened it out, and it was Lego bricks. Ooh, that's less good. That's, ooh, <laughs> oh, that's, ooh, that's winces. Yeah. yeah like, this, oh, Jesus. This, the Charlotte Becky match, um, after the table spot, I'm, they left half a table with the leg facing up in the ring, which had me with the heebie-jeebies for the rest of the match. Yeah. It was that kind of match. Like, the ring never got cleared. Uh, those chairs were in there the whole time, and it didn't matter what kind of power bombs, slams, suplexes were happening. It was happening on the chairs. Like, that was the canvas now. Yeah. Uh, you, you will see it when you get to it. It's it's an eye-opening occasion for the women's division. <laughs> You're just looking at the ring with like broken chairs and tables. I guess this is who we are now. Yep. It's, it's, yeah, it's big time. Um, Evolution uh, was a hell of a pay-per-view. Every single match from the first match where Rhea Ripley faced Dakota Kai to the last match where Becky Lynch faced Charlotte Flair. Uh, every <laughs> single match was good. And yeah, I, oh, um, I, I've been trying to find out because I can't seem to find out because the, the the network has basically completely ruined the concept of buy rates. It has, yeah. So I've been trying to find out which did better, Evolution or Crown Jewel. Well, and it's 
fucking impossible to find yeah, the out. The problem with cause... that is because of the subscription rate. Like, no one bought the pay per views individually. Yeah. So, I mean, they both did as well as each other. Each other, I guess. Yeah, and there were no like TV rankings no. or anything like that. So I'm just like, ah. But I will say, right. Diverging away from our topic of women's wrestling briefly. I have not watched Crown Jewel, and I will not watch Crown Jewel. No, neither will I. I have, however, watched various GIFs, video clips, and commentary. And, oh my god, that show was a clusterfuck. From what I've seen, yeah. Like, there was nothing good there. From what I've seen. (laughs) Everything was terrible. Shane McMahon won the World Cup and declared the best wrestler in the world. Despite Why? not being a competitor in the tournament, I, I saw the brackets of the tournament, and then it was like, and the winner is Shane McMahon. Like, wait, what? Scene missing. Yeah. Hang on. And apparently, this is building into a TV storyline where he'll come on as a no. regular wrestler, and his heel gimmick will be claiming that he's the best in the world because he won the World Cup. No, I know, but no. nothing, nothing can compare. Right, we have a twenty-eight minute main event on Evolution, of Becky Charlotte, and it was hardcore, yep. and it was brutal, and fight forever. Yep. And we had yep. a 27, nearly 28-minute main event on Crown Jewel of 50-year-old men who need to stop. It Was this the, the tag match? Yes. Why were they the main fucking event? Because it's Triple H. I, you tell Triple H uh, not to be the main event of a pay-per-view he's on. I I thought he'd grown out of it by now. This was the COO of a major American corporation, a retired man, a retired man, and a mayor. The, the mayor of Knoxville? <laughs> Shouldn't you be doing mayor things? Shouldn't you be doing politics? Is there not some political conflict of interest in going to Saudi Arabia? Um, Holy shit, that's I a good know, point. Right? Shit! Oh, actually, I suppose he's a mayor, which is local yeah, politics. Yeah, it's local rather politics, than, but still, yeah. but still, yeah. he's still a local mayor on the Republican ticket. Like there is still—is he Republican? I'm pretty sure he is. I thought he was uh, independent, like libertarian. He might be. I uh, no Republican. Oh, he okay, is the fair Republican enough. ticket, mayor of Knox County. But yeah, God, oh man. So Shawn Michaels. Every time he landed, you can see him flexing his fingers like he'd just got a stinger and was checking he still had feeling. Every time. Uh, Triple H, of course, tore his pectoral muscle, lost complete control of his arm. And, like, this... You know everybody talks too much in Botchamania? Yes. Play this match from beginning to end with a everybody talks too much stinger at the beginning. (laughs) Because no one knew what they were doing. They're just screaming spots at each yep, other. Yeah, just, just screaming spots, or, or just speaking them, but in stage whispers directly in front of the cameras. So Triple H is, is being held by Undertaker and goes, no, no, throw me the other way. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then Shawn Michaels coming over to Kane, picking him up, putting him in a headlock and going, Triple H has torn his peck. Um, <laughs> oh my God, so you can actually understand what Shawn Michaels was saying. Well, uh, if you speak Could- Shawn Michaels. Because I've listened to that man on the pre-show before, and I would never be able to understand. But I, you know, when I, uh, you know, he's basically now become like the American version of that fast show sketch. Yeah, pretty much. 
Like, I just expected him to just go, I was very, very drunk. I have one good thing to say about that whole match. It ended? Shawn Michaels has finally accepted he's losing his hair. Oh, thank God. He's shaved bald. Oh. Hi, Marky Boy in the chat room. Uh, welcome to the, the very end of the podcast. Because <laughs> I think on the note of Sean shaving his head. <laughs> oh, what a, what a sour note to end on. <laughs> I think it's a positive. Was that, let me, let, there's got to be, there must have been a good match. God, that poster is awful. It's got to have been a good match at that pay-per-view. Uh, I, I, if there was, I haven't seen it. I wouldn't know. Um, oh, wait, what? <laughs> I, I knew there was the, the bar versus the New Day, but I didn't know it was a six-man tag. Yeah, bar with Big Show. Big Show, why? Because Big E. No, no, no. But Biggie is in the new day. Yeah, Big Show is not in the bar. No. What? Anyway. Uh. <laughs> so, uh, anything else to say about May Young Classic Evolution or Crown Jewel? I guess I have nothing more to say about Crown Jewel. I feel like I we've given it too much to attention. I, I feel like we have. So, that about does it for this week. So thank you for watching, if you've been watching, at twitch.tv slash dangerously unprepared. Thank you for listening, however you've been listening. And if you want to go and suggest topics for show, uh, go to dangerouslyunprepared.com. We are there. If you want to follow us on social media and find out when we're streaming, when we're doing episodes and what we're talking about, go to Unprepared Show on Twitter. Ooh. You can, yeah, that's our Twitter. Uh, you can join our Discord if you want to join in with the community and talk with us throughout the week, um, discuss episodes and all the kinds of topics we talk about here, you can find the link to that underneath the video at twitch.tv slash Dangerously Unprepared, or also on Facebook, search for Dangerously Unprepared. Or uh, just keep was, listening to the podcast. Yeah, I was going to try... I was going to try and throw in a sort of like a video link thing to twitch.tv slash dangerously unprepared, but I feel like I've really played the joke out now. <laughs> Fair enough. So until next time, you have been listening to Dangerously Unprepared. I have been Simon. No, I've been Kyrie. Goodbye. Bye.